Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Once again, this is Dan, coming to you from the uh, studios of DTM Enterprises. Stepping in just to give you a little piece of information that has uh, come to light since the recording of Brandon's story, which you will hear in just a minute, part two of Brandon's story. One thing has happened is a book called 12-Step Spiritual Recovery has been published and is available on Amazon. It is written by James Christopher Cohn, a very close friend of mine, and that is now available a couple of different things. That book is an updated version of the 12 Steps, an optimized version for folks who may have some 12-step in their lives. This can this can I would say will bring uh, can take your recovery to another level, and for folks that uh, can't seem to get a hold of the twelve step pre- concepts because of uh, blockage, maybe they're not an alcoholic, they're not an addict. This book is designed to make that available to all people. I've been saying uh, around twelve step rooms for quite some time now that we wish that everybody could have this program in their life, and uh, this book is making that possible. You can also go to uh, spiritualunderground.org to uh, get show notes for the podcast and to uh, contact me. If you want to contact me about this particular next thing, uh, we have some new intro music that is produced, uh, written and produced by a friend of ours here in Louisville, Kentucky. His name is Darren Frank. Uh, Jesse Simpson is also in, involved in the production of that and maybe even playing some uh, some of the music. So. I will check that out and give you more details. But if you're interested in that, you can shoot me an email. Or if there's anything at all, if you want to be uh, on these podcasts, if you want to be um, having feedback, if you want to know where you can get a hold of some of that music, if you want to know more about this book and this TSSR, this 12-step spiritual recovery program that is launching soon, all that, you can send me an email at dan at spiritualunderground.org. You can also find a link to that at, dan, at, at spiritualunderground.org. So I've burned up enough of your time. Uh, without further ado, we will get on with the uh, recording and the podcast. Uh, Brandon's The Original Juice Man, Part 2. Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Uh, we're uh, taking off again tonight here from the... Actually, today we're in the kitchen at DTM Enterprises. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit late at night. I've been at... Uh, this is Dan, and I've been at uh, yoga teacher training this afternoon after work. And uh, the juice man, the original juice man, uh, Brandon, has stopped by this af- this evening. And uh, we're going to do part two of his story. We went from uh, his... Uh, back in his days of the madness and that whatnot and, and up to the years uh, that or the things that led up to him getting sober mm-hmm. and uh, and then we also the little slip up there's a in our community it's actually got a I guess you could say it's a little bit legendary in the fact that there people were that, that the, the day that he stood up in the in that retreat and said that he needed to come clean with something uh, you know those kind of those kind of like brut, brutal, spontaneous, honest events like that 
touch people and people remember it because I've heard that story a couple of times that from people who who were in attendance at that night right. and, and recall that happening. And then also the fact that you know, you gave up, in a sense, you gave up some recovery time that night yes. when that happened, you know, and that's hard for us. To, that's hard for the ego to do, to go, okay, man, I'm going to erase X many months of sobriety. Oh, yes. And, uh, and back that up. And that takes a, you know, but that's what this, you know, that's exactly the kind of stuff of what this program does to you is it starts making you think different than what you would have done, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you get a chance to do that stuff. And then here, you know, uh, here back then, what did you say? It was almost three months or something? Someplace around three months that you gave up? Yeah. Yeah. So now here you just celebrated on February the 1st, just a couple of days ago. This is uh, February the 7th right now. So it'll be a week from tomorrow. A week ago tomorrow. You celebrated 16 years of sobriety, you know. So that exactly. little three month stint is a drop in a bucket, you know, yeah, today. Comparatively. Compared yeah. to today, who'd have thunk that, you know, you'd be. Uh, You'd be all the way down the line here now today. So, in the last time uh, we, we got up to someplace around your one-year token, uh, and, and so I don't know if we want to talk some more about that first year of recovery. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you can almost like tell a whole doggone story on on the first year because uh, yeah. those that first year is a, a bumpy road and has a lot of things in it and a lot of twists and turns. And uh, so, uh, just thank you for coming in the studio always and, and sitting down yeah. and, and sharing a story. Uh, we want to get part two in quickly after part one was, was, uh, released. So exactly. where do you want to start? you think? Um, or you can just say whatever you want to say. I'll just piggyback off of kind of where you, where you started this. Cause, uh, I think it's where we left off initially in part one and it's a good lead into, you know, to get started. So, so yeah, I mean, talking about, <clears throat> Uh, changing that sobriety date that for you know at that first year mark or right at right at the cusp of my original first year mark that clean you know it's not lost on me that doing you know coming clean that day is largely you know responsible for the fact that I have been able to stay sober for 16 years I think that was vital you know really early on um, I think it helps set the tone you know it's a it helps set you know, a standard for what I, I learned some things, you know, I learned that how vital that was it cause it helped set the standard for, for how I needed to proceed, you know, cause that, that first year, like you said, I mean, it's a, it is, it's, it's beyond a bumpy road. I mean, it's a up and down roller coaster like crazy. It's cause so much of, um, you're rearranging so much, yeah. you know, internally. I mean, you're completely rewiring your system. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just, and it's not, it's not like a, just a short-sighted or a, you know, it's not just about like drinking, you know, it's not like just about alcohol. I mean, there's, that's what I thought. I think that's what probably everybody, everybody thinks when they come it. in, you know, they, oh, they're going to help me with my drinking, you know, and I'll be able to go back to my old life. Right. Yeah. You know, like, which is normal, you know, that's a very normal and common, um, mindset to have because you don't know what you don't know you know and that's kind of a a saying that we use a lot too because it's way bigger than that you know but you don't know that coming in you know um and it takes going through the process to really figure figure that out and figure out uh the, the the gravity of what you're about to do and you know and it's all happening kind of in the moment and then once you finally kind of realize holy crap this thing is way bigger than what i thought and this is this touches so much more um 
I like this then you're kind of touched, you know. And, you know, at least that's what happened for me. Um, you know, figuring out that this thing is not just as simple as, you know, they're going to help me with my drinking and then I'll be able to go back to the old life and the old things I used to do and the old friends and all that. I mean, everything freaking changes. I mean, everything. Everything. To the, to the point to where you look back and just a short, didn't have to take 16 years. I mean, just a, a short, you know, one year, two years, you can look back and go, I am 180 degrees different, you know, like I am not, I don't look anything or resemble anything like I used to be just a short time ago. And we even look different. Oh, yeah. You, know, you see you know. guys come in and you watch them physically change. <clears throat> yep. In the, especially in that first year, you know, in the first months of coming out of that. And then within that first year, guys change. You don't recognize them. Exactly. Yeah, because they, they walk taller. They walk different. They, you know, sometimes a lot of people lose weight because they end up getting into working out and things like that. And, you know, sometimes there is a weight gain for some, you know what I mean? The, yeah. You know, but it, a lot of times they end up changing. So, a lot, yeah, so there's a physical change. and then The lights like come spiritual. on in your eyes. You can see a sparkle all of a sudden where, yeah. you know, there's a dead eyes. Oh, yeah. 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 Their spirit is like, it's almost like they're glowing from the inside. When somebody's yeah. really, you know, gotten gotten bit by this thing and really has taken a hold to it, it's, it's, uh, that's what we call part you know that's that's a juicy thing yeah you know for real I mean, that's that's kind of what we're all you know here for is to try to help the lights come on for somebody else you know and it's it's fun to witness and the fun to be a part of and to know that you might have a hand in it somehow right. you know, with a conversation or with the friendship that you offer you know the camaraderie that takes place i mean it's it's just a hell of a journey you yeah. know one of the things i really always cool remember thing. was people was telling me how much i was changing you know but i didn't really feel it at the time right yeah you know and you, yeah. you, you don't really know it you don't i don't really believe the guys that are telling telling me either but yeah. uh you know now until i was like on the other side of it and watching guys change Mm-hmm. then did I believe that those guys were telling me the truth when I was changing. You know, yeah. you see, I mean, that's part of the joy of coming in oh, and staying yeah. around is watching those other guys. I love watching these guys wake up. It's a lot like, I like an experience to almost like, uh, almost everybody. I don't care if, I mean, if you're listening out there, I mean, everybody's tried to lose weight at some point. I don't care if you're already thin or been thin your whole life. At some point you try to shed some pounds, yep. you know, you put all that work in, you know, you're changing your diet, you're going to the gym, you're doing run, you're doing whatever you're doing, you know, and you don't see the change, but, other, you know, but other people see it way before you do. And it's kind of the same thing, you know, with this deal, usually, you know, people around you who are watching and paying attention notice the change in you before you do, but it takes them sharing about it and, you know, t- you know, telling you those things or you just kind of start to even realize or even start to, your own edge like man am i really changing because that sometimes as you go through it you don't feel like you are you know you just feel like you're kind of following the bouncing ball and you don't yeah. really know that if it's meaning anything yet but other people are saying it is and you're like yeah i didn't it didn't feel like that on, inside to me you yeah. know it, it, and i still you, held on to a lot of my you problems. guys just blowing smoke up my you know and you that's what you think and then soon enough like once you start thinking there's a conspiracy. Like, well, that guy said it. And next week, this this guy said it. These you know, dudes are in your family cahoots, says man. it. Who doesn't know anything about these guys? Like, okay, so they're not talking. It's not a. They're not really talking. You know, it's not. There's not a conspiracy. Like they're they're not just puffing me up. Like they might really be. You start believing it. Yeah, you know, and you start happening. noticing it too. And that's part of the awakening. You know, that's part of the journey of you awakening yourself and start buying in even deeper that this thing could. <clears throat> possibly be working and possibly continue to help you um 
so yeah i mean it's it's a it's a hell of a ride that first year um because coming in i think we all have uh you know a mindset that we walk in here with you know that i'm just going to do this and it's going to mean x you know and we have like a pre-designed or predetermined you know idea of of how it's going to go you know and then usually i mean if it's done right none of that ever comes out i mean it's just we we you know we we say it all the time that you know if i had written down what i expected for myself in early recovery i would have shortchanged myself big time and that's and that's just the truth and you know the only way you're going to know it is if you get a sponsor go through the steps and find out for yourself you know um because that's part of it you know that's part of it you you kind of awaken throughout the process and that's and that's uh that's a cool thing you don't want to miss it um but and the steps are designed that way you know the steps are really designed to you know to get you to 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 look at things at a at a a level mainly you know could be for the first time you know i i didn't come in with any kind of religious background whatsoever like zero you know which i i realize now i realized even you know during that first year or two what a blessing that kind of was because a lot of people that come in you know usually had some concept of a higher power or having to let go of the old ideas if you really didn't have any real tight old ideas then you know Mm -hmm. yeah it does that relieves you of something to have to let go of yeah and a lot of people have some type of baggage on again you know when it comes to the god topic and it prevents them you know from completely letting go and being open-minded like you know our program kind of urges and Mm -hmm. you know um you know, to, to, to adopt a new, you know, um, concept that, that, that's personal to you. And so <clears throat> when somebody comes in like with that kind of, you know, mindset, I mean, it's, it's a, I don't know, to me, I, I guess all I'm trying to say is that I feel, I felt blessed that I didn't have to let go of a lot of stuff. It I wasn't was just, so much reprogramming. Right. You know, it we had to undo a, some old thinking to get some new in. You just had a, like an open vacuum to allow some new thinking to come basically, in. Basically, you know, I, there was a, there was a period there. It lasted probably a few months, you know, where I was questioning, you know, how to, how to proceed. Because like I said, I had a lack of experience with, with all these things. I always felt inferior, you know, inferior uh, when it came to the, religious talk or the God topic because, you know, I just didn't have any training, didn't have any knowledge, didn't read any books on it and all that stuff. So that was, and of course I'm talking about this because it's a, you know, the whole higher power deal and the spiritual aspect of this deal is kind of, you know, it's it's threaded through all the steps. And, you know, I think even Bill talks about it in our book that um, if you miss the spiritual part of the program, then you miss kind of the whole deal, you know, yeah. and you kind of miss the whole point because that's what we're all shooting for, right, is uh, to try to, you know, grab onto a power that's greater than, you know, alcohol, because alcohol is a power greater than ourselves, and we're trying to grab onto another power um, to, to try to help, you know, solve our problem, which is our drinking habits and, you know, our thinking, you know, and how we behave and all that. And um, so <clears throat> I felt pretty blessed coming in. I didn't have to do a lot of rearranging. I just had to simply kind of get on board with, you know, just making the choice to to move forward you know but once i did um 
it was pretty much, you know, like that first year. I mean, like, like for me, like since I didn't have a whole lot of, I didn't, I didn't have like the, like an image, you know, in my heart, you know, my mind about what a higher power was or what God was to me. I didn't know if I quite, you know, it's always been kind of a mystery to me. It still is, you know, like my, my idea of the whole thing really hasn't changed much. Like, I think I heard early on, like the concept of, uh, you know, if I can explain it, then it's probably not much of a higher right, power right, anyway. Yeah. And I, for some reason, that always stuck with me, and I like that, and I ran with that. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm not going to try to figure this out. Right. I'm just going to, you know, and I heard another concept once about, um, I think I'd rather live my life like there was a God. Than be wrong. Living, yeah, and then get to the end and find out I was wrong than living my whole life you know, like there wasn't and get to the end and find out I was wrong right. there too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So that kind of stuck with me too. And so for the large part for me, like, you know, going through the steps <clears throat> that first year with my sponsor, um, you know, I kind of, in the beginning, I guess was acting as if, you know, sure. to steal an old phrase, but, um, going on his faith. I yeah. know some of that was mine and that he had faith. This would work for me. So, you know, I was like, well, okay. You know, mm-hmm exactly a lot of what he told me i was like shaking inside my head i was going uh no no <laughs> that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me but yeah. i still had some faith that kept on making me walk and do the things mm-hmm. that he was saying to do because i saw these other guys that had something that i didn't have good point and that's and for me honestly so early on so since i didn't really have a concept you know that i could just tap into you know order to even piggyback off of from childhood you know i didn't really think about it much what I did focus on was that the groups that I was going to at the time, you know, the uh, particular, there was a particular couple of, you know, I, I had a circuit of meetings that I was going to, but the one that really stuck out to me the most was a men's group that I went to, uh, the Trinity men's group or the suburban men's group, I think is what it's aptly called. Um, it's just an all men's meeting. And of course I was going to some of the other younger, you know, hit, hip crowd kind of meetings, you know, the co-ed groups. But that men's meeting, you know, always, you know, had, uh, you know, a higher value to me. And, uh, you know, so going to that meeting a lot, um, that, I mean, that's, that's just kind of where, you know, I focus a lot of my energy. Um, um, it's okay, man. We can talk kinda, about yeah, it. Yeah, I lost where I was going to go with We're it. allowed to lose track of where <laughs> we were going with it. And, uh circle back around and jump around <laughs> that's what i want this thing to be real talk to you know mm-hmm. uh, we could write a big script or something and and do that but that ain't what i'm aiming for i'm aiming for the real deal i know oh, that i, I know thought what, I, know it, what I, I thought it was just plain insanity to go to an all men's aa meeting for a long time yeah i thought you know what is the use in that <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know but i found that i found that you know when i first walked into spiritual underground that that particular vibe that allowed the guys to talk like guys talk right without any distractions in the room you know and not that there's a distraction or whatever but 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 guys do need to do that and i think there's a thing where i think actually and i think and i and i don't know it from personal experience obviously but i have the same belief that women should have some kind of women's group too there's just a thing that 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 dynamic of it being in a in a in a in that same sex thing takes some takes some um some boundaries out of play that you know i don't maybe want to talk about in in a meeting yeah with females yeah. present yeah. a 
I don't want to talk about because I'm embarrassed. B, I don't want to talk about because it, it makes me look like less than, you know, I don't, I don't want to look like a goofball. I don't want to, you know, I got an image to uphold. You know? <laughs> yeah. And with our group, I can just say whatever I want, right? And right. Then, and, and then, you know, all the walls came down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I landed on why I brought that group up because <clears throat> it relates to I thought to if I read my lips for a minute, you would yeah, come back no, around. That's to how it works. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so the group itself, <clears throat> so that group of men that I would see every Tuesday night, you know, that particular group became, you know, kind of like my higher power in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was a power greater than me, you know, by far. I mean, these were, this was, a, I was sitting in the, you know, this room with like freaking legends, really. I mean, in this deal, I mean, just, I mean, like serious dudes who are on the front lines every day doing, you know, all, I mean, everything that you can possibly do um, in this program and doing it well and doing it with a smile on their face and with, you know, a happy, disposition the whole time and you know freely giving of themselves and you know i mean they're just huge i mean they were you know extremely bright lights you know and uh and you know i grabbed i mean i grabbed onto that i mean that was super attractive and you know so early on you know i just kind of sidestepped the whole thought think you know to you know deep dive into thinking about you know my brand of spirituality or you know the whole god thing i just like okay you know i'm just going to act as if right now i'm just continue on and you know and that was another directive i think you know throughout that group that was talked about is you know uh you'll know when you've taken a third step when you've started writing your fourth step you know just to continue yeah. you know continue right. move yep. forward move forward you know and so that was kind of what i did it's like this is a group of dudes that has got way more you know it's got what i want they have way more going on in their life than what i've got going on and, you know, I want to find out more, you know. And so that kept me going for the longest time. Um, and then, of course, you know, as I went through the process, you know, I ended up developing my own personal relationship, you know, with a, a higher power, which I choose to call God just because it's an easy label. And I don't, like, again, like I said, I don't think about it too much. Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of where I kind of like made my start, I guess. And, you know, it kind of started from that place. And, um and uh and move forward but that inventory you know that fourth step is a very i thought i mean to me it was the most eye-opening experience that i could probably that i think that i've ever really encountered in my because i'm trying to take myself back i'm 41 now and 16 years sober i'm trying to take myself back to that first year as a scared shitless 25 year old kid you know i say kid because i'm technically not but that's what i really emotionally maturity wise and behaviorally wise that's kind of really what i was and so um taking myself back to that place you know talking now about it um <clears throat> do you happen to keep that work Huh? Did you happen to keep that? Oh, work? of course. Yeah, Did I've you? got my original force. Did you? Very oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Because that's you know, some there. some lineages tell you like burn that, just do away yeah, with that. Yeah, I never bought into that. And uh, and I was always encouraged. You know, I was that was an option that was given to me. Right. But I was also yeah. encouraged. And one of the things about my original four step notebook, I was I was ambitious enough that I was taking notes of what my sponsor was telling me. In I that notebook. Same. I did the same thing about yeah. how to sponsor something. Right, yeah. yeah. So, like, same. what to do, you know. So, I have some very valuable notes that are in there. And even though I could, like, copy them out and have them elsewhere now if I wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. There's some there's some, there's some, some value and some... Um, <laughs> so funny. I, I sentimental value in, in having <laughs> it in that original book the way that I was taking through the steps the first time when the miracle happened for me. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I could go to my file cabinet in my office right now and pull it out and... 
like if I like everything that I've ever learned about sponsoring somebody is in that note is in that notebook. Yeah. It's not on a computer anywhere. It's not in a file. It's not in any. It was never transferred to anything else. It's in that damn notebook. Yeah. You know, because like I said, from, I'm a fan of me, that, you know, because that yeah, it's sentimental. And that was my, I mean, that was the, my original journey. Yeah. You know, and that that to me that means something. You know, because that essentially is my launch pad for where I am, you know, having I mean, my the entire foundation that I have, you know, that I've built everything of my that consists of my life today, you know, kinda came from that experience, you know, and that and, and from that, that simple little notepad, you know, that simple book, you know, where I poured my heart and soul into that damn thing, you know, and trying to figure out the riddle of me. Yeah. And, uh, right. So for me, like that four-step inventory, you know, the, the way that's structured in the book and the, the, you know, the way that it's got the columns and the way it asks you to, you know, to really focus, you know, a very pointed, you know, look at certain aspects of your life was really the first time that I'd ever done that, you know. Um, and so for me, it was a very enlightening, you know, experience, you know, I, I've, and I remember, you know, as I was getting sober, I had people who were getting sober around me and my class if you will you know like people who are at the same time frame that i'm on um you know everybody's talking about how much of a you know griping you know they're, they're griping about you know the you know how much of a, of a chore it is and oh my god it's so grueling and all that i mean and there were times i guess that it was i'm not gonna say fun that's not the right word it wasn't um comfortable you know but I wasn't naive enough to think that I was going to go through this thing and be comfortable the whole time. I mean, that kind of the whole point of questions like that and to go uh, is to be uncomfortable. Right, I mean, yeah. it's really the whole point of it all. Yeah, is, right. That, know, old, that, old, that another one of those simple things says you don't grow in the comfort zone. Exactly. You know, you know? yeah. And it's a, I love that. It's, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent truth. I mean, that's just the way that works. Um, try try going to the gym and staying comfortable while you're working right, out, you know, yeah. and see see what your results are at 30 days. You're still going to be the same fatty that you started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta, yeah. I've heard somebody tell that. You got to work, man. Analogy of the gym of going and sitting on the bench out in the lobby. You can go to the gym every day and sit on the bench, and you're not going. Man, nothing's going to happen. You right. won't see any change. The flip yeah. side of that is, if you walk in the gym and you start lifting heavy things, yeah. you're not going to be able to help to not change, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're going to build muscle, like it or not. <laughs> you know, true. and so the same thing with these steps. If you do it, you will experience the change or some change anyway, according to how far you you know to take it to completion or not. Uh, I think it is value. I think it is uh, vital though, uh, and I tell people like one of the worst things in the world. I think you can do is start that four step, right, and not finish it. Oh, of course, or by far, because you know, that's that part of that third step decision. One of the warnings I give a guy when yeah. we're going to make a third step decision, my warning is: look, part of what mm -hmm. you're deciding to do is you're going to go down this path with me, and I need you to like mm -hmm. make a little pact with me that you're going to do that. Because the worst thing, you can, one of the worst things you can do is walk down this, pick a whole bunch of these scabs, yeah. and then not take the rest of the steps to get free from it. Yep, exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's futile. I mean, it's that's insane to even suggest. Luckily for me, I. I you know, uh, had a really good sponsor early on that, you know, that knew all the stuff that you just said and, and, and more. I mean, he, 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 he educated me very well on, you know, how we're going to do this. And, you know, he walked me through the way his sponsor did it. And, you know, thank God I come from a good lineage, you know, that uh, I attached myself to people who knew what the hell they were doing, you know, and, and guided me well. So I'm grateful for that as well. Um, 
But that was the first time that I really got to take a quick look or a, a deep dive into looking at, you know, my perspective, you know, because I came in, you know, largely um, feeling, you know, because it's not, it's not, a, you know, it's not a mystery that most of us alcoholics, you know, have a, a huge ego uh, and a, you know, misproportioned, you know, uh, perspective about ourselves and in, in the role that we played or didn't play in certain situations. And, you know, I, I generally, you know, I, I came in like most of us and, you know, thought that the reason that I, you know, arrived at the spot in my life where I had that low point in my life where, where I was, it wasn't my fault. You know, it was everybody else's fault. It was her fault. It was the court's fault. It was the officer's fault. It was my parents' fault. It was the lack of yeah, this big or, string of bad luck it didn't matter, you know, yeah. and that flat tire that one time that got me you know just, just whatever excuse you could yeah. you know like, like that was you know that was definitely me you know and a lot of us come in like that um but that fourth step you know it kind of in that fourth con, I mean, that's where you get you know the, the the script gets flipped on you and you really get to see the part that you did play and there's a uh, even in the times where you know, I thought for sure going into, you know, like there's no way that I had a part to play here. I mean, that person wronged me. I didn't do anything to them, you know, and I still at some point, some level, I had a, a part to play, you know, and I was, you know, because I, I came in, you know, feeling like a victim, you know, in a lot of these situations, uh, which wasn't a good you know, scenario for this, you know, for an alcoholic brain, you know, to, to live that, that life of a, of a victim is not, it's not healthy, yeah, you know, right. because we can, because that can justify us continually drinking yep. indefinitely. Right. That and just, it does for a lot of people, yeah, which is sad. Helps keep the cycle going. Yeah. You know, and so realizing, you know, pretty quickly, because I mean, I was in my four step, but then the first couple of months, I guess, you know, with, you know, working with my sponsor, um, you know, all of a sudden I had this monumental, you know, perspective change about everything that really has happened. And at least in the last 10 years, cause like I said, I drank alcoholically for a solid 10 years from the age of 15 to 25. But even prior to that, you know, all of the other experiences leading up to, you know, my drinking and whatnot, you know, that, that all, a lot of that stuff came out in that four step too. Um, so that was a big turning point for me, you know, realizing that I was dirty, you know, I wasn't as, you know, uh, I wasn't as victimized as I, so I thought. Right. And, you know, and that really set about a new, like I, I kind of got, you know, a fire in me at that point because I didn't like feeling guilty, you know, because I got to, you know, prior to that four step experience, I largely, you know, got to experience the whole decade feeling pretty oh god what's like what's, what's the right wording to use here I, I i didn't i didn't feel you know guilty i didn't feel that like i was the victim you know what i mean i didn't do anything wrong it was all you you guys the you world self-righteous yeah self-righteous you know and uh and so i, I didn't know, I like an air of self-importance exactly you know, all where, of that. you know that all of yeah, that that you know do you know who i am kind of thoughts and you know, right world really ought to be treating me better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, all of that. And and so dealing with that, you know, uh, that barrage, I mean, that feeling with the, the, that feeling of guilt, uh, you know, and it wasn't just like I was feeling, okay, okay, that one incident, you know, I feel guilt. I mean, it was like just, I mean, my entire four-stepper was riddled with it. You know, it was like, oh, my God, I, 
I was wrong here. I was wrong here for that. I, I never looked at it from that perspective. That's for shaking you know, your very sitting foundation. With that for the first time, really, you know, um, was, I mean, it was monumental for me, you know, and it was, and that became, that's where, and since I didn't like that feeling so bad, you know, I was like, I, I've got to hurry up and get through the route. I need to get to that amends process, which was, you know, steps eight and nine, you know, the, um, you know, so I could go back and try to clean this up because I did not like feeling like I owed somebody or that, that, um, you know, that I got the, the record wrong, you know. Exactly that point, that picking them scabs, and now mm-hmm. I got them all bleeding. I couldn't stand and, it. I was so yeah. uncomfortable, you know. Yeah, you don't have a tool, that. a way to get free of that, then you're in a, you're pretty well fucked. If you, you, you yeah. will drink again if you don't continue down the path and, and, and take care of all that house cleaning. Exactly, because, you know, part of the, well, one of the steps leading up to, you know, uh, the fourth step, you know, was uh, step two, you know, realize. Coming to believe. No, insanity. We're talking, so, yes, that's two. Yeah. yeah. Come to believe uh, that a that power grade and stuff can restore, restore sanity, sanity. Yes. See, I had trouble leading up to that point. I, you know, I had trouble like kind of believing that I was insane, you know, right. because again, I was right. Everybody else was wrong. That four step, you know, getting that four step though, it changed everything. It realized it, 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 it you know, since it, it completely like threw me on my, you know, on, you know upside down, um, that was really the first time I got to realize that, Oh crap! You know, step two really does apply to me. You know, yeah. it's not one because I kind of glazed over that one to yeah. be honest. But that one really kind of cemented for me the idea that, you know, um, that my perspective was way out of whack. You know, I mean, so you know, in, in a level that I couldn't even comprehend. You know, and so that's why I, I've you know wanted to to run to that ninth step and to, and to try to get as clean and free as all that as I could. You know, so for me, like, you know, steps, you know, and of course, obviously the fifth step was obviously very, very powerful, you know, where you talk, you know, you tell another human being and God the exact nature of your wrongs and all that. And of course, like, like every, you know, like everybody, uh, I had things that were not on my list, not on my four step that I thought I was taking to the grave and, you know, that I would never, ever, ever share with another soul as long as I lived. And of course, um, that's exactly what, you know. My sponsor was hip, you know. He knew, <laughs> he he knew that I would probably pull that same thing like everybody, and so I go to sit down for his, you know, the fifth step appointment with him, and uh, he's like, "Okay, let's get started." And he's like, um, "So, what do you, how you want to do this? You want to, you know, tell me about the stuff that you wrote down first, or do you want to talk about the stuff you didn't write down first? You know." And of course, you know, I thought, oh my God, this dude's like psychic or You're something. Right. You know, how the hell do you know, right? Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it was that common, um, and so. I took the easy road. I was like, oh, well, well, you know, I put a lot of time in this. Let's just start with stuff that I wrote down and let's just take it from there. And so, you know, I led in with all of that and, you know, but at the end I ended up spilling my guts, you know? And so that was a, you know, obviously, I mean, just a powerful, powerful uh, day because, and I didn't even realize at the time how powerful that was for me, but it was really the first time that I'd ever told anybody everything, you know? I mean, there were certain people in my life that knew a lot. Right but there was never one person who knew it all. Yeah, we're you real know? good. That's another place in the area where we compartmentalize. You know, we'll let this person oh, in on yeah. that, this person in on that, but not, not any single person in on everything. And, I mean, I think I knew at the time, just based on my feelings, how, I mean, it was a powerful deal at the time, but I didn't realize the value of it until a couple of weeks later, you know, because I remember doing that fifth step, and then I was going somewhere. I don't know. I was going to a meeting or leaving a meeting. I was taking people back to the healing place or giving rides somewhere. And um, somebody had 
said something about, you know, yeah, I haven't thought about a drink today, you know, and that, and then of course, you know, people sometimes when people talk, I'm in my head, you know, internalizing what they're saying. I'm asked to turn it around on me. Like, when's the last time I thought about a drink? Yeah, right. And up until that time, you know, until I did that fist step, I was still thinking about drinking, you know, still reminiscing the old days and still thinking about the life that I just left, you know, a few short months ago and the people in it, you know, I wonder what so-and-so is doing or drive past the place that I, you know, the watering hole, you know, to go to a meeting and really, you know, and I used to pull in there every day for, you know, nine years, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And, and um, you know, so I wasn't that far away from my old life to where it was still, you know, nagging at me, you know. And so I would reminisce and I would think about, you know, drinking and and uh, almost to the point of obsession, you know, where I still was obsessing about a lot of things, you know, in those early days. And then it dawned on me, it had been about two weeks since I did that fifth step, and it dawned on me, it's like, oh my God, I haven't thought about drinking in the last several days. And then I got, I'm driving, I'm, I'm still driving, taking these guys home. I was like, no, that's not even right. Like, it's been longer than several days. It's been, it's been at least a week. And then I figured out, no, it's, it was actually closer to two weeks, you know, and I'll be damned. I'm like, well, what happened two weeks ago, you know, that could be, like, responsible for this? There has to be an explanation for this. And I was like, holy shit. I did my fist step two uh, yeah. weeks ago. And so the, you know, like, so the aha kind of moment came for me, like, several, like, two weeks later. And, and then, and of course, I was already in a hurry to get to the nine, you know. And now I was, like, a man on fire for real. Like, I was all over trying to hurry up and get through these steps. And, uh, you know, so anyway, got got busy. That's a know. cool thing. I think that's a, definitely a testament to a sponsor that, like, will guide you in a way that kept you, like, wanting to maintain the momentum, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there, mm -hmm. there's an art in that for sure to, to 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 keep a guy invested in it and don't let him, like, it's so easy to let a guy, you know, fade out. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah, and Bart had told me early on, he's like, if you stick with me and you do everything I you know, say to do, we meet you know, once a week um, and you follow all my instructions and you don't balk on me, he said four to six months, it's about the average. Yep. You know, and he was right. I think, I think I actually did, um, we did have some scheduling issues in there at some point for a couple of weeks you know, throughout that process, but I think it was somewhere around five months, I think is what I ended up. Uh, taking it's about right where I was at on that first time through. Right, it was somewhere right there, you know. So he was dead on the money. Um, but anyway, I got up to that ninth step, you know, part, and I enjoyed the hell out of you know contact. I mean, I even contacted like ex girlfriends. I mean, every single one of them. I'm doing men to every single person I can. Yeah, obviously family, you know, and friends, uh, and they were all extremely valuable, you know, and. And of course, I followed my sponsor's instructions, and and you know to a T, and and just had, I had a ball with it, you know. And of course, I never had any of them go bad. I've heard of other people that have shared differently, you know, that they, had a couple of them that didn't quite go their way they wanted, not necessarily sideways, but you know, went a little different. Yeah, I had some ricochets. <laughs> <laughs> I like that ricochet. <laughs> But I can honestly say that like 100% of all the amends that I've made were, they went well. You yeah. know, they were well received. Um, One of my ricochets come back around after a couple of years too, you know, like in four, uh, you know, four years later or something, you know, and, and I saw that person again in a meeting not too long ago. And the yeah. fact of the matter was that everything was okay. Okay. You know what I mean? So that was like. Initially it wasn't, but it, it can't. It I wasn't certain, right? 
Yeah. Uh, and it went bad enough or, you know, what like again, it wasn't bad, it just ricocheted and it you know went a little wonky and I wasn't really sure where it landed and it was yeah. per my you know, per my sponsor's advice to just let that, you know, don't get in there and muddle in that. Let's so you did your part. That's part of this thing, right? Is to do my part. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter what that other person how they receive it, right? Right, right. And so I had to get out of the way of that. But you know, here whatever, you know, I guess it'd be because I just crossed over four years and it was been someplace in the neighborhood like three years later or whatever, you know, whatever that means that I bumped into this particular person in a meeting and everything was okay. You know, there's a little weird energy in there, but it wasn't because of the amend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because it was a female. Right, right. Um, well, that's cool that you had that, you know, you had that experience, you know. Um, yeah, I, I like that stuff. I mean, it's... You do, you get them addicted to amends. I mean, amends are, you know, same kind of thing that we say around here. You know, you give me something that makes me feel good, and I want more <laughs> of it, right? And and, and those amends feel good. Us? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's because uh, it's, it's, it's not only freeing for us as the alcoholic, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, but it's freeing for the other person, too, you know, and that's... And that's what I, you know, noticed very early on with some of the amends that I was making is, you know, because um, I wasn't just going to him and saying, hey, man, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. You right. know, like I was taught never to say that. Yeah, we have a recipe for There's a recipe. powerful amend. Right, right. Yeah, you know, that you, um, you know, and of course I was taught even, you know, I think at that, that early time, I'm trying to remember, I a little crossover with Christopher versus Barb, but I'm pretty sure Barb was telling me the same thing about, um, you know, kind of laying it out you know, like your perceived idea of how you think you've wronged them, you know, and then, you know, using it as a conversation, like you're there to obviously, you know, say some stuff, but then open it up to like, you know, this is what I remember, you know, do you, you know, you want to correct the record? Do you have anything that you right. think I need exactly. to make an amendment? Exactly. For? Yeah. You know, but the coolest part about that was, you know, not only do, you know, we as the alcoholic get a chance to get free from that, but that other person as well gets a chance you know, to get free. Cause there was, I can't even tell you how many times, you know, I'm, I'm the whole point of my meeting is to simply, you know, account for the ways that I know that I have wronged them and I'm not blaming them for anything. I'm not making any justifications. I'm not saying, you know, I did this to you and I know that's wrong, but, and then, you know, start in like, but, but you, I only did that because, you know, I didn't, you know, there's none of that. That's not an amends, you know, uh, but the cool thing is, like, when you approach somebody like that, I mean, because that's, that's an odd thing to do. Like, the world just doesn't have that, you know. Uh, it's not really something that happens on a regular basis, you know, that where somebody completely comes to you and is only concerned about cleaning up their side of the street about something that happened back in the day that may have been big then. It's obviously not now. Time's passed. But it's like, hang on, there's this person sitting across me, and he's, come all this way to try to, you know, to tell me that he, and he's fully own up to the mistakes that he's made and not saying anything about the other crap that he used to gripe at me for, you know, um, it touches him, you know, I can't, I can't tell you how many times sitting there and literally like I shut up and like, well, this is what I had to say, you know, and, and stopping and then realizing, okay, so he's really not going to parade me about it. He's he's literally here to just yeah. clean up his side of the yeah. street. He'd say a thing they about my stuff. They feel compelled, like it, like I can't, like they they are just naturally compelled to say, you know, almost puke out some of their own stuff. Yeah. Like, well, man, you know, you, you you weren't completely at fault. Like, 
I did you kind of wrong too, you know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I wasn't always that good to you either, and you know, and to and and that was a, I don't know. I just thought that was very touching and moving for me to to witness that, you know, not just once, but like countless times, right? You know, a high, high percentage of times, you know, and feeling very proud, honestly, that uh, I was a part of something that, you know, that I felt. Um, was vital for me, but also, you know, uplifting for them as well, you know? And so to me, I mean, that, that, that the ninth step always will and always does, you know, hold a, you know, a special place, you know, for me, you know, I have a certain love for those, uh, for that step and for those interactions, because that's the stuff that really means stuff. That's the stuff that can change, uh, lives, you know, relationships. It can change your whole outlook. I mean, it can refresh, you know, your thoughts about humanity almost, you know, yeah. because we don't walk around in a society today, even the 15 years ago, but still today where that's normal, right. you know, it's, it's always point the finger, pass the blame. And who do we throw, you know, sack, covered up, covered up or act like it don't exist, right, yeah. you know, uh, or just not interested at all. Yeah. You know, um, you were talking about having that, that you know, it was the ninth step just, you know, and it's cliche ish. You know, that was where when it happened to me, when I had that, you were saying that it was after your fifth step that you had that little observation that you had not thought about a drink in a while. Right. Uh, and and I remember plainly just being a little giddy on the telephone, the sponsor talked <laughs> to him and, you know, and I said, and I mean, it was just like, and again, it was, it was just like I threw a softball at him, man. And, uh, and I was saying, he's like, how are you? And I was like, man, I have not felt this good in long, you know, I don't know. I'm just, everything's like great, man. And da, 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 you know, it's just good and this and that and that thing. And he goes, so uh, are you not even halfway through? And I thought he was like talking about my like my spill or like I like you know what a jerk man I'm trying to share some juice here man and he's cutting me off asking me if I'm halfway through with my you know and I thought he was talking about like my little spill I had going on and uh, and he, you know and he did that you know well hey newcomer kind of you know, hold on no you know we saying that nine step stuff right and then you know then the bells start going off and you're like yeah oh, yeah, yeah exactly exactly Let's say that. Yeah, we're going to be amazed before we are halfway through. Yeah, and that's and that's yeah, and I, I experienced that too, you know, and and uh, yeah, wholeheartedly, you know. I mean, I was amazed at step five, you know, because I got to enjoy the obsession to drink to be lifted from me, you know. And uh, I've heard other people share that that has not happened for them, and of course, I always question. Um, you don't know exactly where it's going to happen, like I said, right. I it's somewhere in the process. Like I've always believed that if you follow direction, if you follow the process and you give it, you come to it open-minded and you're as honest as you can be at that time. Um, you don't have to be perfect, but as honest as you know that, you know, you can be, um, uh, it, it will work if you complete it, you know, and, but it's completing it is a big part of that, that whole deal. Cause if you don't complete it, you may not, it may not happen for you. You know, um, there's so many times like I've talked to, I don't know, I've tried to sponsor, I mean, tons of people since, you know, and over the 16 years. And there's a bunch of them that didn't fully make it, you know. And then I see them years later and, you know, be sitting in the meeting and they come in, they share, you know, and they usually talk about some. They start talking in the way of uh, saying, you know, uh, like they're like like they're baffled somehow. Like, oh, well, I've tried this stuff and it didn't really, it's not, it's not really working for me. You know, like, dude, I've tried to sponsor you. You stopped at, you know, five, you yeah, know. Right. We never even got to, you know, where we never got through four, you know. Or we got through five, but you never would attack any of your men's. You know, it's like you didn't complete nothing. So you don't, you have not, you know, completed 
the twelve step. You have not tried AA. Yeah, you yeah think really. You, you know, have, but you haven't. I feel a certain obligation to call somebody on that stuff. You I know, do too. Look, you know, you can't come in here talking that you've done this work and it didn't work because right. you didn't do it exactly. You, know? uh, you did parts of it. Yeah, and that was that's that not what we talk about. We joke around about those <laughs> words that are in that book, like it half measures and are you willing to go to any length? Exactly. You know, all these things really mean that. You know, exactly. it's not just bullshit words. Thoroughly, completely, absolutely, all that stuff is mm-hmm. not just. Just, just little cliches we're tossing around. It's the, it's what we mean. Mm-hmm. It's what Bill meant. It's what the steps mean. Exactly. So those those two steps are my fave. You know, the four, five, and nine. You know, um, uh, I just, I like the action steps. Of course, I'm a doer. You know, I like to see tangible results. I like to do things and and, and see the result. Um, you know, so but they, they, you know those those particular steps have a uh, a deeper meaning for me because that's where. Um, I really got connected to this deal, you know, and that's, and that's, um, so, you know, kind of leading in all this, we talked about, you know, like how much of a roller coaster ride it is or whatever, but I mean, that's part of it. I mean, you know, my entire, you know, um, thought process and internals just got rearranged, you know, and, and, um, you know, and it was a cool thing. Cause that's what needed to happen. I didn't know that's what needed to happen. I just know that, you know, I kept getting arrested and I kept, you know, drinking kept getting in the way of everything. Um, but I didn't want to give it up, you know, it's like, help me with my drinking, help me drink successfully. Cause I've been trying for a long time and, and, uh, no matter what concoction I would come up with, it would never work, you know, but I didn't know all this other stuff was at play, you know? Um, but that was kind of like, you know, but that first year, I mean, it's, it's monumental. It's, you know, it was my launch pad, you know, and it kind of helped set the tone. And so from that point on, you know, 10, 11, and 12, you know, the whole maintenance deal, you know, uh, continually, you know, seeking God and, you know, and, and praying and meditating and trying to help others. That was kind of the, you know, the goal for, you know, walking forward. And so, you know, I got to enjoy, you know, a lot of, you know, my early sobriety, I'll say after the five years, you know, Mark, um, living that life you know i was single i was single when i came in um i wasn't attached to anybody didn't have any relationship didn't wasn't married didn't have any kids um so i was single when i came in and it allows you to pour a lot of energy into being recovered oh yeah 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 um so i felt blessed there too you know really i felt like you know um because you know a lot of the thoughts that i had during that first year or two was you know it was like I, I get to reinvent myself and that's how that's kind of how i looked at it you know and I, and I still do this day like i feel pretty blessed that i've you know have gotten to live the life of brandon morris you know as three different people you know i got to live i got to experience you know being me up until the age of 15 you know prior to not really ever not not drinking at all. I got to know that piece of me. I got to experience life as, as that guy, and then I got to experience life as the drunk guy for ten years. And you know now I've gotten to experience being me, the sober yeah. guy. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And all three guys, the same dude, physically, you're <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like same vehicle. The same vehicle. There you go. I was trying to think of a good you know label for that. Same vehicle, but clearly three different people yeah like 100 percent different people living in that shell of a person <laughs> um living in that vehicle you know so how many people can say that say that you know and so to me i don't look at my disease my alcoholism um as a detriment i don't look at it as a 
uh, you know, something that I don't, I don't wear it like, like a, like a weighted suit, you know? I mean, I just don't like it's, 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 I, you, I don't know. It's like, it's actually I, to me, I mean, I know today it's a blessing, right? I would totally not is. get to have the life that I have today without having gone through that. I would have never, if I, you know, the pain was not, you know, let's just say, you know, I walk along this because as we see that now and that's one of the things that I, I we always talk about the 12 steps being valuable to other people you know and not just alcoholics mm-hmm. you know i see people that are just like you know i don't know running on some low-grade misery you know they're not <laughs> right. they're not alcoholics really you know they don't right. see that they're not drinking themselves into oblivion they're not doing that but they are walking around with that same kind of uh like i said low-grade misery that you know it's like you know there's more to life brother you know, and I don't know that I, I, those people getting them to do this, they're not in enough, you know, it ain't bad enough mm-hmm. to take any actions to make it any better. Right. But we had our circumstances squeezed exactly. to the point to where I, uh, you know, I got to that big book jumping off point where mm-hmm. I need, I was going to, I, I, something was going to have to have shift. Yeah. Uh, and because I had, you know, that proverbial fork in the road, yeah. uh, we were either going to go down a very bad path. Mm-hmm or make this turn that we made and we had no idea what this path you know we really had no idea which one was looking back in the rearview mirror today right i know which what you know what what that was going to do i knew i was going to go to prison you knew you were going to continue to go get in trouble and if you continue to do what you were doing uh those certain those consequences you were receiving that caused you to be on home incarceration and other things just like me mm-hmm. those were only going to happen worse oh you know, yeah those don't yeah. turn back it's not like a, that was a scary well piece. you've already been on home incarceration yeah. we're not going to do that this time we're just yeah. you just st- you're grounded yeah 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 i knew it was getting worse too yeah and that was the scary part because like each time it, it did get worse and it got more expensive and it got more you know cumbersome to deal with and, and embarrassing and, yeah and, you know, and it's scared you're putting me, on you know, your parents and your loved ones and you start feeling that yeah because i never like a, i never had pictured for myself like i didn't i had a pretty high you know opinion about me you know growing up and you know even even for the large part you know during my drinking career too but you know i of course uh thinking that you know i was somehow fitted for jail you know or that I would possibly end up being there for a long term yeah. like that. Like that never registered. Never like competed, that was never yeah. something that was obviously never a goal, but you know, like that just seemed odd to me. Like I feel out of place. Like this is not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, but yet there I was. I certainly had the, there that I won't was. happen to me. Right. When, you know, that, that can't happen to me. Right. But yeah. I, I, I walked on that razor edge, man. You know, you just talking about the three things and it made me think I, you know, I would take, I take a lot of writings and, I see stuff that I, the, the sayings and little paragraphs, the different things. And there's one from Carl Young, Young and and I hear uh, where I actually heard it said the first time was read in a, in a Wayne Dyer thing. You know who Wayne Dyer is? Yes. Uh, and uh, so it says this is this is uh, what's Carl Gustav Young? Thoroughly unprepared, we take the step into the afternoon of life. Worse still, we take this step with the false presupposition that our truths and our ideals will serve us as hitherto. But we cannot live the afternoon of life according to the program of life's morning. For what was great in the morning will be little in the evening, and what was in the morning true at evening will have become a lie. You know, he talks about like a morning of life, mm-hmm. an afternoon of life, and the evening of life. Yeah, you know, kind of how that, that shift is. You know, the lifestyle. rules that we were, were using in the morning right. are no good in the afternoon, and the morning and afternoon rules don't work anymore when we're in the evening part. You know, 
And I don't know where those lines are at. You know, the evening would make me think I'm getting old kind of thing, but I don't really think that's what's going on. I think you can actually kind of, like you might have come into an evening of life in your sobriety, like you were saying. You know, you had that period where you were in your morning part that you talked about and then the drunken, the using and all that. Right. And so you got to have, you know, you well, how old were you when you got sober? 25. Yeah, so I mean, darn, man. I mean, that's kind of a, it's a little bit of a, like a mission for me today. What to get somebody it's like, like when guys come to me young, young, and, and <laughs> get them out of the to try to sell them on the idea that you don't have to wait till you're 45 like I did, right? You know, right. To, to do this. And you know, and I get a couple guys, and you know, like I got a guy in his 20s right now, 28 yeah. years old, and he's realizing these promises, and he didn't have to go as far as me and you did, right? He didn't have to get it, you know, he's actually evaded most of trouble to date, but was able to actually realize and by getting with us. And, and, and seeing what we have, you know, our group particularly, because it's, you know, there is that sparkle, it shines a pretty bright in our little peer group, mm-hmm. uh, that he actually was able to grab a hold of this and go, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I am one of y'all, and I want to avoid that. Yeah. I don't want to take the elevator to the bottom floor. Right. You know, those, that's a, you know, because you, you get to bypass that misery, man. You're getting a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. To get these to get these principles in your life early on without having to really get in any trouble, yeah, and I, yeah, I feel the same way, and I feel extremely blessed that I was able to get it as early as I did, um, because you know I've gotten to enjoy the last sixteen years. I'm forty one. How 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 old are you, how old did you? Uh, I'm trying to remember what age you were when you first got sober. My current sobriety well, happened when I was 45, but okay. I was four years before that. So I actually come okay. into AA when I was about 41 right? and right. stumbled. And, you know, I got a year of recovery out of the gates when I first got here. Now, what it was, you know, it was, I was still thinking I could use other stuff. I went a year, <laughs> a year not drinking. I did the thing you did, but I wouldn't right. come clean with it, you know, mm-hmm. and you see where it, where it took me. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, we live in that, we keep, you know, we're only as sick as our secrets kind of thing. You right. keep that secret and it will, so the fact of the matter is we don't get to skate on anything, really. We don't ever get away with this shit. No. Uh, it's going to it, catch up. Truth always catches you. up. It does. Yeah, and you so, might get away with it for a time, but it'll, yeah. it'll always come so, out. So, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a shaky foundation, and when the life's certain trials and low spots hit, right. my foundation crumbled. Crumbled, you know, yep. And I went right back to doing what I was doing before. But so I bounced around. So I got sober when I was 45. My current sobriety date, I was 45. Yeah, so you just kind of, you know, helped kind of sell the point for me. I mean, you know, that's, so yeah, of course I feel blessed, you know, because I've got, because I'm, I'm not even 45 yet. I'm 41. Yeah. I'm getting there. <laughs> I just got there. I just got there this uh, past month. Did you get to realize all that sobriety? I did. And I got years, this, you know? yeah, I got 16 good years under my belt. Um, you know, and I feel like I've got a lot of life still ahead of me, you know, or you know, my whole life ahead of me still, so. Um, yeah, so I, know I feel immensely sto- blessed. Yeah, yeah, I know some other stories. I know there's some things about some, uh, and I don't know what they call them, the Holy Rollers. The Holy Roller Groups, yeah. That was uh, that was the nickname that we gave ourselves, I guess, for our own little uh, uh, support group or a little band of brothers that we all ran around with together um, early on. Because I guess, but that was started by, you know, uh, Christopher C., you know, our, our current sponsor. Um so yeah, that could fast forward to. I mean, I'm not meaning to jump it forward, but I was just trying to. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so I, I started. I changed sponsors from Bart to to Christopher um, right at right before year two, um, 
And so, yeah, when Christopher started sponsoring me, he had already had, you know, several other guys that were, you know, around him or that he was working with or that, you know, um, that were a part of his little support group. And so I kind of fit right in. And then, you know, of course, our little group, you know, grow, our little group grew, um, you know, as I started sponsoring more guys and other bodies, you know, it just, you know, our little support group kept growing. And, and so we nicknamed ourselves the Holy Rollers and it was, you know, mainly because it pissed off the old timers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, no it was just a name that we used for ourselves and you know we just we went to meetings together we hung out together we did all kinds of social you know uh, stuff together and it was a tight little group it really was you know um, and you know I've developed a lot of friendships from that group you know and some of them are still around you know some of the there's several guys I can think of probably you know th- at least three or four uh, right off the top of my head I won't mention names and stuff but you know, there were several, like, you know, three or four at least that uh, are still here today, still sober, never really, you know, hit any hiccups from sobriety and still, you know, still going. Some left, you know. Um, i trying to remember if anybody died. I don't know. I mean, but I know some left. Some went back. You know, some went back out or some, you know, faded um, or moved away or something to that effect. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was – uh, you know, that's, that's the cool thing about this deal. I mean, we don't do this alone. I mean, as a whole, I mean, you know, you can go into any meeting anywhere in the United, you know, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, in the world, you know, and not know a single soul walking in and you will feel like, you know, you feel like you're welcome, you know, yeah. and that's the really cool thing about this. Deal. I, I don't think anything else like that really exists. Right. You know, it just, not that I've ever witnessed, you know, I've witnessed quite a bit. I had the opportunity to sit in a meeting in Japan where nobody spoke English. I right, I remember you sharing about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and the magic still Freaking was in cool. that room, you know, and and the, the camaraderie. Right, and you know, I had that little that little experience of when they were reading the reading the, how it works, and and they, there's I'm following along in my big book, and I think we're reading how it works. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm guessing. Yeah, and, uh, uh, and it seemed like it because there's a cadence in some of the readings. And there stuff, is you know? a so cadence. Can, yeah. That still was going through across the language barrier, but when he got to the end there, and then he said, uh, "What I know today, you know, what in our language is uh, make clear three pertinent ideas," and he said, "A." A, B, B and, C's, yeah. and C, you know, yeah. but he went black. You know, he spoke Japanese after the A, <laughs> B, and C, and I was there, my fingers in the book, That's following funny. along, man, and chill shot at my neck and arms. Because you felt connected. You instantly I knew, felt. You know, there I was following along, and they were yeah. in a different language. And it's good stuff, Like man. I said, you That's know, cool. they couldn't, I, sh- I shared in that meeting, and, uh, <laughs> and they couldn't understand a word I said, and I couldn't understand a word they said, and it didn't fucking matter. I freaking love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, yeah, where where else do you get to do that, right? Yeah, you know, there I mean, is. Like, I said, you know, the I've guy never... was standing outside the meeting, smoking a cigarette, doing you know, because I could tell I was the right spot. You know, and there's a guy over, you know, uh, leaning over ashtray, smoking a cigarette outside yeah. a church. You know, where else does that happen to, right? <laughs> where yeah. guys gather outside church to smoke. Yeah, and what he's there, and I went up and said AA to him, and I pointed at the sign on the door. Man, he snubbed out that cigarette, and he was there to help me. You know, here took took me in. You know, you got to take off your shoes over there and put on your little sandals and. Yeah, uh, it was just cool from the get go, man. And I don't know if it's because, like, you know, our life depends on it so much. You yeah, know, right. like if yeah. that's the the gravity of that, if that's what kind of like you know peaks us up. I, the only other thing I can think of, possibly, like maybe like you know some of the military guys who've seen like action or something like that. You know, maybe the combat com- buddies, the, com- the comrade, yeah, yeah the camaraderie. It's a little bit have, like a combat survivor kind. I'm not of a military thing. guy, so I mean, I can't I'm speak on that experience. But you know, I bet if I 
posed that question to a few of them, I'm, I'm assuming that's probably the second closest thing to what, what I'm talking about, what yeah. we're talking about here. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that was the name of our little group. And, and we did a lot of stuff together, man. We enjoyed a lot of good years, you know, running around and, and uh, being of service and, and uh, you know, spreading the message. And, you know, and, and, and of course, our, you know, our, we're helping ourselves in the same process by, you know, treating our disease, by, you know, by doing those things. And, you know, got to enjoy a lot of good stuff and a lot of good life. Um, you know, and somewhere in that process, you know, it's what something I was going to talk about because it was kind of a huge deal for me at least. You know, it kind of ties back to that men's meeting. You know, sitting in that men's meeting for as long as we did, you know, you kind of quickly realize, you know, there's about 150 guys in there almost religiously every week. You know, it, it would change. The, the people in the meeting would change, but it was almost always 150, 160 dudes. You know, and when you're just – when it's just dudes sharing, you know, there's there, there's a certain – like, I don't know, like it's – like it, it becomes painfully clear that most of us have some type of issue with our dad topic. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and I, of course, you know, come, I clearly did, you know, cause as I shared in part one that, you know, I grew up not knowing my, my father and, uh, you know, and that causing a lot of angst and stress and, you know, and fear and, you know, and insecurity in me, um, you know, for just, cause that's not natural, you know, it's just not normal. And, uh, you know, there's a long and there's a hole, there's a void that, that needs to get filled. And I know some of the, my drinking, you know, helped fill some of that. I know some of my drink is related to that. Yeah. Um, a lot of it just because it's just my nature, how I'm wired. And, you know, it's just how my body likes, you know, when that stuff enters my body. But um, a lot of that's responsible for that, you know, not all of it, but some. And so, um, you know, I got to figure it out pretty quickly sitting in that meeting every week for the first couple of years. And, uh, hearing guy after guy after guy share about, you know, this, this hole that they feel because of this top, you know, this, because they, they've never gotten right with their dad or their dad died. And, you know, they never got to, you know, show him that they got sober, you know, it just, that really weighed on me and it, it touched me, but it also weighed on me because it felt like, you know, I was speaking to me, like I needed to move forward with this. And one of the things that I had told myself, you know, about 25, you know, 26, you know, those, those first year or two, was I did not want to do all this work, you know, going through these steps and, you know, reinventing my life and, you know, going through all this trouble, you know, um, to just wake up one day at 40 years old. And 40 was like the, the round number I used to always use. Like, I, I don't want to get 15 years down the road and realize that I could be further in life or I could have achieved a lot more if I had only tackled this dad topic early on, you know. And so I pushed myself and urged myself to like make that a priority, you know, to seek him out. And, uh, and so it's kind of an interesting story, really. Um, at least I think. And uh, so the growing up, I had heard stories, you know, about my dad, but never really about my anybody else, you know, on that side. Like my mother would tell me things if I asked, you know, and she never really like. Uh, I think it's important for me to say because he's probably going to hear this one day. I think it's important for him to hear me say that she never like bad mouthed him. Mean, she told me the truth, you know. She told me things that happened, you know. But she also would always, you know, label him and classify or, or say, you know, things like, you know, that needed to be said, you know, like that that he was an alcoholic and that, um, you know, when he was sober and when he wasn't drinking, that he was a good, the great guy, you know, uh, you know, really charismatic. Everybody loved him. But when he drank, different deal. You know, it was a different story. 
And so I think it's important for me to say that because I know he's going to hear this. And, yeah, uh, right. and I don't want him thinking that, you know, she bad him yeah. all those years because that's, you know, that's not another the case. little bit of a miracle about this little podcast thing is that we get to we get to let some people know maybe that some things that they get to hear it now right like this uh now, i think he's heard that from me before but you know just i mean you know, say it once enough, again right huh that reaffirming you know, yeah i think our parents uh you know, have that a little bit with my with my father is that uh you know he, he's got himself on a hook and it's hard to get him off the hook Right. You know, and, I, and I think I've done the proper work there, but but as a father, I think it's mm-hmm. really hard to to come to get free of what maybe you, what what impact you had on why their son is the way he is. You know right. what I mean? Right, exactly. I mean, and so he can't hear that enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and I think, um, yeah, it's important. It's definitely important. Um, so I'd made the decision, at least internally for me, that I was going to move forward with that process, you know, and I'd mentioned, I'd floated it past my mom at the time. And of course she was, um, less than thrilled initially, you know, she reacted pretty harshly yeah. to that against it because, <laughs> you know, she wanted to protect me, you know, cause she had her own, um, conception about, you know, that lot, you know, that, uh, that family and, you know, how things were, you know, how things were left back then. Cause she hadn't talked to him, uh, or seen him. I don't know, God, at that time, you know, well, close to 25 years. I mean, I was 25, 26 at the time. I think that I was approached 20. I might have been 26, 26 and a half. But it's pretty much like she vanished as well. Like when she left with me and divorced my dad during that first, you know, year of my life, um, she never looked back. And I don't think she really ever, I don't think she ever talked to any of them ever. Um, And so she was naturally, you know, very apprehensive about me going into the, I guess in her mind, probably like the lion's den, you know, I guess she thought, that, you know, she didn't know what to expect either. And uh, so she tried to talk me out of it. And of course I was pretty steadfast with what I wanted. And I was like, yeah, look, you know, so I kind of had to tell her, look, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm asking for some, some guidance. I'm not really asking for your permission, you know, like I'm doing this either with or without you, you can either help or not, but I'm, I'm moving forward. And so I think once she thought, you know, saw that I was serious, you know, she floated out like, well, okay, I think you could probably reach out to, you know, your grandfather on that side, your dad's dad, because I heard through the grapevine, through, you know, mutual friends back, you know, connected to the family years ago that he was trying to get sober. So that was all I had to go on. So I was like, well, what's his name? How do you know his name? So she gave me his name. I hung up with her and immediately called the operator. You could do that. <laughs> I think yeah, you still can. Yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> you could literally just dial zero. You don't have to, like, you don't. You didn't. I didn't Google anything. <laughs> I didn't ask Siri. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, today, I can hit you do zero. That? Yes, I'm old school. I hit zero. I don't know. You gonna try it? No, uh, I do have an old school phone in the basement. A rotary phone that still works. I think in the you could do it from. I think I did it from a cell phone. Really? Yeah. Hit dial zero. We gotta try it right now. Uh, operator, can you give me the number of? <laughs> to anything yeah so i called the operator you know and of course i knew that you know columbus indiana that's where i'm from and that's where i started i i'd asked you know if they had a, a listing for charlie m and uh and uh charlie morris he's he's passed now i could say his name and uh and uh they said well we got two i go well pass me through to the first one and uh and i knew enough about i knew my you know my dad had uh um a brother and two sisters so he was one of four kids and I knew their names, you know, and that's pretty much all I knew. And I knew you know, my grandma's name, uh, Rosie. 
So I knew enough of the names to quiz somebody, you know. So I called him up and asked if uh, he, a guy answered. And um, I said, is this Charlie Morris? And he said, yeah. I said, okay. You know, I introduced myself. I said, well, um, actually, I didn't introduce myself. I, I, didn't, I didn't say my name at first. Hmm. I said, okay. I said, this is going to sound a little weird, but just hang in there with me. I'm not a salesman, you know. I said, I, I, I'm going to ask you some questions. I said, I'm going to ask you about two or three. And he said, okay. And I said, did you have a son named Jeff Morris? And he said, yes. And I said, do you have a daughter named, um, oh, goodness, Cindy? And, you know, he said, yes. And I kind of went through, I think I went to one more name. And he spoke out. He said, Brandon. That's all he said. It's Brandon. And I said, yes. So he knew. I guess he was expecting. He said, I, I was wondering when I was going to get this call one day. And, uh hmm. Oh, man. I mean, it was an emotional moment. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm getting emotional right now just thinking about it. It took me back for a yeah, second. Yeah, man. Um, it was a powerful kind of a little deal right there. Totally wasn't expecting that, you know. Like, I literally just minutes before had succumbed to the, like, I, you know, solidified my mind. I, I'm doing this. You know, I'm going to do it. Um, and within a few short minutes, probably within the half hour, I was on the phone with him. You know, I mean, that's pretty crazy, you yeah. know. Um, and he was only an hour and 15 minutes up north from me. And so we made a deal. I was like, well, you know, I, I can't remember if it was that day or the very next day. I think it was the very next day I went up there and met him and spent the entire day with him, had breakfast, lunch, and dinner with him all day. And we just got to the talking, got to know each other. And so, you know, so I told him that the, obviously that the purpose for my, you know, uh, seeking him out was to, you know, uh, seek out my dad because I, I and I didn't really I, I, and I made sure I made it very clear like look I'm not really looking for like a relationship you know I'm 25 years old I'm past the whole you know like I, don't, I don't need a dad to play catch with me in the backyard yeah. I just I just don't think it's natural for me to not have at least ever said I could you know have ever met him I, I need to confront sure, this right. I want to look the man across you know in the face and I want to be able to say to myself that I have met the dude I have put a face to the name and you know I can kind of check that box if you will and that was my then that was literally my only purpose for all of that because i just felt like i should it just felt you know like that was the right thing to do at the time and um you know and so of course he, he let me know it's like well i don't really know where your dad is you know he's he kind of he's been out there in the madness for a while and you know i sadly haven't heard from him in a while like a couple of years i think at that point he's like i don't really know um but finding some background about my granddad that at that day you know i spent with him he at that time I think was uh, somewhere around 20, 25 to twenty seven years sober. Uh, the last fifteen of those he had not. I think the last ten or twelve of those he really he he, had, he was not in, you know involved in AA. The first fifteen he was hot and heavy like a pillar in that community and you know was re- hugely responsible for the their version of like our token clubs here locally. Mm-hmm. He was hugely responsible for that particular clubhouse up there, uh, its inception. And, you know, but I think after about 15 years for whatever, he never, I never really got a full explanation of why, but he just kind of drifted, you know, life took hold and, you know, he, he drifted away, but stayed sober. Some would venture to say dry, you know, but he, he stayed sober. Yeah. I'm not so sure. I mean, uh, I didn't know him, so I don't know, but you know, there's just thrown out terms that kind of yeah, get correlated get with somebody yeah. who's not, still hanging around the rooms um so 
But did he didn't wasn't giving off like a the dry vibe to you like a miserable dry drunk? Because that's what I no he didn't look miserable because he was married at the time and his wife was super sweet and you know and he looked to be. Um, I mean, you can start practicing these principles, and I think you can like you, you, your your recovery can can survive on that. Right. right. Where you know, when I think of dry, I think of like somebody that is suffering still. Yeah, and he he did not come across to me as a man that was suffering. You know, at the time he was, you know, just a, an average old man. You know, yeah. kind of, but he was, you know, he was. He put in all pretty that content. service work and stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. that, that carrier you can. Yeah, he seemed like he lived there. He was living an enjoyable life, and his family yeah, cool. liked him. You know, from what yeah. I could tell, and you know, so like there were no red flags, nothing. And, cool. Uh, and um, so uh, I, you know, mentioned to him that you know, like you know, okay, well, that's fine if you don't know where he's at. You know, that's cool. I can wait. You know, he said that he and he had told me that he would, you know, do some searching, and as soon as he'd find out, he, you know, as soon as he found anything out, he'd let me know. And so that's kind of where that left. You know, it's kind of left. Oh, I know there was. A, I was going to finish up on something. So he had. Uh, and so for the next six, I don't know, six months or so, that first six months to the first year, we stayed in touch. Not like every day. It wasn't like, you know, we, a new relationship blossomed, but there were, uh, there were, he invited me up to the, a family reunion and I got to meet a lot of people who I'd never met before who were, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins, you know, it was a huge family. It was like 40 people in that family. And um, I still don't know most of their name or half of their names because there's a lot of people yeah, to try right. to learn you know <laughs> but i met a lot of people and uh, you know went to some aa conferences with him or at least one that i can remember up there in columbus uh, i stayed with him a couple of times you know we did things we uh we had we, we had you know multiple you know interactions like that and then um the day came one day i got this phone call and of course, you know, and he felt he felt bad because he had, you know, he couldn't find out where, you know, where, where Jeff was. And I think he actually knew prior to, you know, to him telling me where he was. But um, I think he kind of held on to it for a while. I don't think he knew how to approach me. But anyway, he finally approached me one day. He said, "Well, I found out where your dad is." I was like, "Oh, great, cool. Where is he?" And he said, "Well, he's in jail, you know, mm. for uh, manufacturing crystal meth charge." And um, I was like, "Oh, well." That doesn't sound good for him. It sounds like he's probably going to be there for a bit. And he's like, yeah, at least another year or so. Um, and at this time, it's important. I guess he had called me like prior to all this, uh, probably like that first month. He called me one day after I'd met, you know, that, during that first month, he called me one day and he let me know that he took, he took it as a sign that me calling him out of the blue that day, he took it as a sign that he needed to get back into day a rooms hmm. and so he immediately started going you know after really that cool. meet with yeah. me and um I, I was like oh wow well, that's cool you know and so we got to share you know some sobriety time together you know super cool yeah he invited me up i went up there many you know multiple times and you know did meetings with him and um i want to even say like I, I spoke up there once or twice I it's been it's a little that's some of that stuff's a little foggy but we had some sobriety time together and which cool. was really cool and I got yeah, to meet a lot of his cool, his you know his uh, his people and whatnot and that was really fun but uh, then one day I was in Louisville was working uh, working with this architect you know and uh, at his farm and and uh, I got this phone call from one of the cousins that I met at one of those family reunions that I just went to and all of a sudden, you know, and this guy's crying. And, 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 you know, I've talked to Steve multiple times and 
He was always a real happy guy. He's married, you know, got five kids and loving life. He calls me boohooing and crying, and, and I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? He's like, Brandon, he's like, I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to say it. I'm like, yeah, spit it out. What's up? What happened? And he said, all I know is that your granddad is in the hospital, hmm. and he's not going to make it through the night. I'm like, oh, my God, what, was he in a wreck or something? What's, what's going on? He's like, no, apparently he was very sick, and he never told anybody, and apparently he's got brain cancer, and it's inoperable, and he's dying, and he's not going to last the night. And it was a complete shock, I mean, because it was like, <laughs> I just met this dude. What are you talking about? You know, and, But he literally, he was sick. He had brain cancer. I guess he knew it for or a tumor, you know, uh, and I guess he knew it years prior, but never – told his wife didn't tell anybody kept it a secret and uh didn't share it with me either and and um i think that all happened within that first year of me meeting him you know and it was it was weird because like even the time leading up to that day that i got that phone call from steve and my other cousin there um i could sense like almost to the point it was a little bit annoying you know like he was uh kind of like yeah, you could just I could just, I guess I got that vibe off of him that, that he was really pushing hard for, for me and my dad to meet you know he, he just by the way he would talk about it and how he would bring it up there was just an extra level of uh, importance to him that this took place and he really really wanted it to happen and of course I was comfortable like with where things were, were left but I was like look dude we got a plan what are you you know what's, what's the deal I mean he's in jail we done talked about you know, it's I, hurt yeah, what's the hurry? Because we had, could we discussed once he told me he was in jail. He's like, yeah, he gets out in a year. I forgot to settle up on that. We we had discussed that our plan of action would be to we'll just wait till he gets out. That's probably something that we'll wait and meet him once he gets released. You know, he's out, he's got enough on his plate, and um, that just made sense. I was like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. And so, but I didn't know all the time. But then, you know, of course, you know, thinking about it after the fact, after you know finding out, like, well, okay, well, the dude had brain cancer. He was, you know, he knew things that we all didn't know that he wasn't going to be here much longer right. and he really wanted to see us together and so steve said you know look you gotta you know if you want to see him if you have anything to say to him if you want to see him again you've got to get up here now because he's not going to make it to the night i was like okay i'm dropping my tools i'm out the door i'm, I'm headed your way you're an hour and a half from me i'll be there you know what hospital and uh, he said, well, one more thing, you know, and this was, I love the, <laughs> the ending. He's like, one more thing. I'm like, what else? He's like, your dad's going to be here. Oh. And I was like, what? And he's like, your dad uh, got released from jail, I want to say like a month ago or just recently, and he's on home incarceration, and he was able to get a special release uh, to come up here for the day, you know, for the night. To visit. To visit, yeah, for bereavement and all that. Um, and I didn't even know he was out. I didn't know he was on home car. I mean, so th- that was a, like a shocking phone call for me. And, uh, I was like, and it didn't change. I was like, okay, I'm still coming. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess today's the day I get to meet my dad, you know? Um, so here's the, so the interesting, of course, I'm kind of, you know, like I've got all kinds of emotions going on. So like, I, I didn't even clean up. I just like, I think I actually did stop buying grass and clothes cause I was on the, I'd passed my house to get on the, to go to Indy anyway. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to call mom, let her know what's going on, just to check in. And so I called her, and she was luckily at home. And I said, hey, just letting you know. Told her all the whole deal, and I'm not going to rehash it here again. And uh, she said, well, if you're going, I'm going with you. You know, and she said, come by and pick me up. Mm. And at first I tried to talk her out of it because I was like, you don't need to go through. You know, I understand your history. You don't need to do all that. 
And she <laughs> she pretty much threw down the mom hammer and was like, uh-uh. There's absolutely no way you're going up there without me. You know what I mean? And so it was just easier, honestly, in that um, moment for me just to say, okay, okay. Okay, versus trying to yeah. talk down this. Uh, Plus, you have a like, probably a little bit of like I got this whole nother. This gonna create a whole nother issue if I don't do this. You know, sort of. There's a that. lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Cause, I mean, you know, you're playing the table all the way through. You're trying to see all the angles. Like if she goes, that could throw a wrench into things. But if she doesn't go, what? If, I don't know. That that yeah. And so there was a lot of that going yeah, on. Well, so I just right, said, fine. you know what? I ain't got time. I'm processing too many other feelings at the moment. Fine, I'll pick you up. Luckily, she only lived a mile off the interstate too. So I grabbed her. We're driving to Indy, and it was just very weird, you know, because at that time I'd only met a few of the people. Um, I didn't meet all forty yet, you know. I just met a few. Um, so walking into this hospital, you know. Mom and I are walking in side by side. We're walking in the ground floor. And as we're walking, like, towards the elevators, there's this, like, mob of people, you know, like, walking out of the elevators, like, to go outside, you know. And as we're, of course, I've not seen any of these people that they're coming toward me. I've never met any of them. Uh, but they're my family. I don't know it. But I figure it out as we keep getting closer because we probably were, you know, 75 yards apart at first. But then as we're getting closer... I'm seeing their faces are changing. Like they're having emotional reactions and all they're doing is walking towards us. And we're the only ones there. And of course I kind of look around and I'm like, is something else going on behind me? There's nothing. And I, you know, like we're like the only thing that like logically makes sense. And so I very quickly on the fly within a matter of a few seconds, start figuring out, Oh my God, this is obviously my family. And you know, and of course I'm looking at my mom and of course she's, reacting much the same way they are they're all crying and you know it was just one of those powerful little exchanges where um it looked like to me 30 years of you know uh bitterness and you know shame and remorse and animosity literally just kind of you know washed away through their tears rolling down their cheeks it was really kind of a beautiful deal and so that kind of set the tone. And of course I'm looking around for anybody that I think might look like it could be my dad, you know, yeah. um, because I'd only seen pictures of him when he was uh, like a teenager, you know, like at 20 years old. It was like the latest, like the last picture I'd really seen of him. And um, nobody standing there looked like him, you know. Uh, and of course I'm getting introduced to people like my grandma and my aunt and both my aunts and an uncle and, their husband, the significant others, and great aunts and uncles. And, you know, it was just a big whirlwind for me because um, not only am I going to, you know, say goodbye to my dying grandfather who I just met, but I'm also there to meet all these people who I've never met and who I've been longing to meet, you know. And it was just a, a very, it was, I'd have to say, you know, uh, at that point, it was like the most powerful day I could say that I've ever experienced um, I've since had two kids and of course those kind of top right, yeah. top the list but at that point you know um, you know it was a, it, was a, it ranks number one on, on the powerful day list and so uh, anyway they say you know look you drop all the stairs I'll, we'll take you up and I walk in and you know and, and uh, it was the most uncomfortable two or three minutes I think of everybody's life <laughs> that was in that room we walk in and you know and my granddad's laying there and, and, and my dad's standing next to him at the bed 
kneeling down. He didn't, he didn't really look at him. I think he felt me come in. I think somebody told him I was coming in, and he, he didn't look at me at first. Um, and my dad's, you know, current wife at the time was, was there, and she's bawling and crying, and I'd met her before many times um, up to this point. And so she walks up and gives me a big old hug that lasted a good long while. And there were other people in the room, like my aunts and uncles, um, uh, direct children of my grandfather, and and uh, everybody's just like eerily quiet. You know, it's just an eerily quiet space. And after my grandpa's wife, Patty, after she hugged me, you know, I'm just kind of standing there, and I'm kind of looking around, and that's what we're kind of all doing, just looking around. Nobody's really speaking I was like saying anything and we just sat like that for for several minutes and finally I was able to speak up and I was like well dad you want to go talk for a little bit get a cup of coffee you know and that's that's about the best thing I could come up with <laughs> in that moment yeah and uh he jumped on it and said sure you know and here we are walking walking out of the room I think I I think I I, I said something to my grandfather I think I at least uh you know I, I acknowledged him there was a whole exchange there obviously you know um, but then, but then after that, you know, me and my dad walked out of the room and and kind of let that energy leave the room and let them because you know we're not here to yeah we're there to meet but or us meeting is is, is a part of the deal but my grandfather's dying you know right. his wife's right there you know I didn't want that energy to be there and so yeah. we go downstairs and we we're in the cafeteria probably four hours wow. talking you know and it was I don't know man it was just uh, it was just a you know. Like a powerful, beyond powerful, beyond powerful day for me. I mean, it was. Uh, uh, I'm, sure it was. I'm sure I'm probably boring the crap out of everybody else about <laughs> the ramblings of my my story, but you know, it was a huge day for me. You know, it was because yeah. it was a it was a big it was yeah. a big yeah, big I mean, deal. Um, How old do you think you were? It's twenty six and a half. I oh, believe. really? So twenty six or twenty seven? Somewhere right in that that range. I mean, I I didn't look at the dates. You know, like we joked about this before. If I yeah, no, I need to recall the story. But it was early in your recovery. It was early. Yeah, yeah, the first couple of years. First couple of years. Um, so yeah, so we we were down there talking for a good long while, and it was you know it was a really I, I got to say everything I needed to say. You know, I I said everything that I wanted to say, and what was um, and I let him know, you know very clearly that you know I wasn't looking for you know. Um, some long-lasting relationship unless he wanted it, you know. Right. And, of course, I let him know that that wasn't even going to be possible for me unless um, he was sober because – not because, like, that was a requirement of mine, but necessarily, like, I was letting him know, like, I don't hang out with people yeah. who – going to be mighty tough to be around drinkers. Right. It's like, you know, I have some friends who still drink, but they're not alcoholics and they don't have a problem with it, and so that's okay for me. But anybody who needs recovery and is not in recovery, I don't hang with because – why it doesn't right. make sense you know um i was like so if you're not going to continue to be on the path of recovery um then there's no need for us to really maintain anything i just kind of my whole point was just i wanted to be able to do this right here say that i met you looked at you had a conversation with you and and i'm hoping that's going to be enough for me honestly and so because i could tell he wasn't uh, done you know was any vibe i got you know of course he's still freshly out of jail from a manufacturing drugs you know what i mean so i had no idea to know where he was really you know and so uh but i also wanted him to know that i wasn't like expecting anything or really looking for anything i just you know that what we were doing in that moment was exactly what i needed and yeah. wanted and nothing else ever right. had to happen because i didn't know where he was at either on all that and uh you know it's pretty much said so move fast forward and moving on you know over the next six months we maintained 
some contact. Um, I think he invited me up. He was in, involved, I think, jumping through some hoops, you know, for his home incarceration. He had to go to uh, some alcohol and drug classes there locally in Seymour, Indiana, where he was living. And um, he got, uh, you know, he got, I guess he graduated from that deal, and he invited me up once or twice for a meeting. I think once for a meeting and then once for his graduation, which I went. And then we ended up going to a John uh, – Mellencamp concert together because he is a big fan of John Mellencamp. They went to high school together um, back in the day, and um, I liked John John Cougar's you know uh, music too. And so I bought tickets for us to go to Indy one time, you know, to a concert. It is I thought you know this would be something that's neutral. I like his music. He likes his music. Yeah. To spend some time, you know, and I drove up, picked him up, drove him all the way up there, and I could tell something was off because he. Uh, like he just didn't care. Like he was trying to. He was basically telling me that he was sober, and he kind of showed me that by the graduation of his little deal that he, you know, at his drug classes. Um, but the vibe that I got that day when I picked him up was different. You know, I was like, this guy—he's not acting like a sober guy that I know. I know what sobriety looks like, and this ain't it. Yeah. And uh, you know, he complained a few times, more than a few times actually, about the show. You know, itself. Like, oh, he. he this is probably one of the worst shows I've seen. You know, it was just like there was not a, a sense of gratitude at all yeah. for anything that he was, you know, partaking in. Like, dude, your long lost son is here taking, picking your butt up, inviting you to go to a concert he's paid for, you know. And, You're a bit, bit negative. Yeah, and so that was all I needed. I was like, okay. So I kind of figured out pretty early on that this dude's not sober, but I'm kind of sacked with him for at least the rest of the night. So I made the best I could with it, you know, and, and got him back. And uh, it came out shortly thereafter that he, you know, obviously he admitted to me that he did relapse. And I think he ended up going, he ended up going back uh, back to jail for some time, um, a year, I think is what it was. Um, and it was during that process of that year that he was in, he started reaching back out to me uh, pretty heavy, you know, like writing letters to me all the time, like almost uh, – multiple times a week and it wasn't just like a page it was like four or five six page letters front and back you know just a huge barrage of like pouring of information and you know like and i could tell like the stuff that he was writing in the letters was uh that sounded more sober to me you know what i mean it sounded good but at the same time he was also locked up you know i was like yeah i don't know if i I mean it sounds great but i don't know if i trust it because he's not his freedom has been snatched from. He's got nothing else better to do. You know, I'm out here living life and trying to work and all that. And so, um, I wanted to believe, I wanted to buy into it, but at the same time, also categorize it as, you know, on the reality scale, just like, I'm just going to table this, you know, I want to see what he does when he gets out. And so I kind of made that very clear, you know, that look, it's cool. If you want to do this, you want to write to me and, 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 you know, tell me all stuff. It's great, but don't expect much back from me, if anything at all because I don't have the time like you do to sit around and write letters. You know, I'm out here living and trying to stay sober and working and working with guys and, you know, and doing this and doing that. And, um, uh, yeah, don't really feel like I want to invest a whole lot. You know, I want to see what you do when you get out. And, uh, you know, once you get out and get a year sober and then call me, you know, that's kind of what I told him. And um, that's kind of how it went, honestly. You know, he, he did, he got out and he, he put some time together and, he tried to reach out a few times, and I think I still was kind of a stickler on, you know, like, mm, I'm not investing a whole lot right now. You know, I need you to see more. But anyway, so fast forward, and he, he ends up doing well, and he ends up, you know, uh, um, you know, being what I 
convinced, you know, that was legit. And now I can say that dude is nine years sober. And is, he come to like the birthday. Like, yeah, he's kind of. Yeah, and today I can say he's one of my best friends. You know, yeah. and today I'm not uh, could be coming leery. He'll be, he, yeah, he's already made it clear he's month? coming. He's coming this month. Yeah, was um, it the 26th? Yeah, yep. that's the last Tuesday of this month. Yeah. The 26th. He'll be here for a minute. Yeah, he came last year's and, he, and he's, he's been in many more before. Yeah. That, but, yeah, I just can't remember last year for whatever reason. I don't. Yeah, he's coming. He'll be back again. Um, he, he, and he, he's, he's always been, you know, interested in my sobriety as well. Very, very cool. So we get, so we have that to share now, you know, we, we, we share that sobriety life together because I'm fat, you know, I'm skipping over a lot of stuff, but, yeah. uh, you know, but our relationship has continued to grow, you know, and grow and grow and grow. And it, and it was fast. I mean, once he was like sober and like really sober and like meaning it, um, I mean, it was like a fast friendship that took hold that, I didn't expect, you know, and it was one of the, the really cooler, you know, unexpected things that's happened to me in sobriety um, that, you know, it's been kind of mind blowing really, you know, because today, like I trust him with my kids. I mean, I, I could trust him with anything, you know? Right. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, once you've got set recovery under your belt, man, we're pretty doggone good people. <laughs> right. But that's just one. I mean, that's just one simple little topic, you know. That yeah, but that's I, a big miracle. I mean, that's. It is. You know, that's just one thing that I've gotten experience that has meant a boatload. I mean, it has meant so much to me, you know, uh, for my sobriety because I think that is honestly, you know, that helped settle an old score, you know, yep. on my soul. Hell I really yeah. do. You know, I think it helped. And him too, you know. And him, for all for sure. And the family, because, you know, now. The family has me around, you know, that they never had before, yeah. you know, and I get uh, to experience them, which I never had before. My my kids now get to experience them, um, and you and know the whole reconnect with the grandfather too, you know, and you know there's things there that just you know there's there's some dynamics of where you know you carry this stuff all the way to your deathbed or whatever, and you got this unfinished business, you know that nobody's nobody's sitting in their deathbed wishing they'd have worked more. They're, they're what they're sitting there thinking about is what didn't what got left undone right and you know yeah. and you get the chance to not have those you know yeah. anytime we get to close one of them up and not have those regrets in life mm -hmm. be able to patch a relationship up those are that's that's well that's really ultimately what you know and that's a huge thing about what this whole deal is about man mm -hmm. patching up them relationships being connected with our loved ones exactly exactly you know that there was so much of that that um, I'm grateful for because now I get to experience, you know, uh, a life with with him. We're both sober, and there's not a single piece of me that doubts anything about him or anything yeah, right. that he's doing. Yeah. You know, um, you know, like just over the years. I mean, it's just time and tested. I mean, it's just he's now one of the you know most solid members and most you know looked up you know upon. Uh, pillars in his group up there in Columbus. You know, he's one of the go-to guys. I mean, he was one of the people that um, took the meetings back to the jails. You know, like AA was able to go to the jails system, you know, up there for the longest time. And then at some point it got booted uh, for some something that, you know, some some sort of reason. My dad was the one that ended up, uh, you know, going back and talking to the sheriff and ended up convincing him that it was needed. And a good thing to come back. Yeah, yeah, and he was instrumental in, in helping with that. Um, 
but he's just he's involved. I mean, he's he's doing all the stuff that I did and more, honestly. Um, you know, for his group up there, and it shows. You know, I mean, he's important up there. I mean, he is a solid, solid member. You know, and he's got. Um, so it's just, I mean, it's just really cool for me to, like, I just never thought that would happen. I mean, this was a guy that I grew up hearing just, you know, not good stuff about sometimes, yeah, right, you know, yeah. because of the disease and, and some, you know, and putting in my mind, you know, that kind of categorizing that whole deal, you know, him and that whole relationship is I just kind of wrote it off and, and thought that it was never going to be anything and that, uh, I don't know. You know, it's just one of those under like sobriety's. It takes you down path. Like I, 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 I never would. I just never saw that coming. Honestly, yep. I never saw that or anything that spun off from that coming my way. Um, and my mom got a chance to heal too, because there's a whole other backstory with, with her. You know, I might save that for a different time. But you know, there's just a lot of healing that took place during that moment. You know, during that 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 um, you know, me and him meeting, and you know, our families kind of you know connecting, hooking up for the first time. You know. Um, it's 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 just been a, it's been a, a a huge healing experience for all involved. You know, a lot of lives got got changed from that. Um, you know, great things will come to pass for you and countless others. Right. You know, but uh, so that was early on, and I'm still enjoying that. You know, that piece today. Um, so I guess was it nine? Yeah. So somewhere in there, you know, I think uh, I kind of led in this early. And I don't know if I really finished up on it, but like the first four years of my sobriety, I didn't, I didn't date anybody, you know, which was, you know, hugely important for me um, because I didn't, you know, I didn't have anybody that you know attached to me to where I had to uh, worry about, you know, like if I, if I wanted to morph and change from where I am now to something else, is this person next to me still gonna, are they gonna be trying to pull me back because they don't want to see me become this new this new guy? You know, so that was really cool, you know, to, to live that way. But, you know, this, and, it, and it helped me, you know, hone and, and you know, as far as like, uh, you know, I got to, to find out, I got to reinvent myself and got to find out, you know, what I stood for, what I don't stand for. You know, those were, you know, huge principle, you know, uh, things to kind of solidify for myself was. Hey, yeah, get in touch with yourself. That's part yeah. of the, that's another part of this whole recovery thing is getting to know you, you know, and if you're. So I'm a big proponent of that. Yeah, if you're. um and, and I'd say, you know, I mean, a lot of guys that I know, you know, are in relationships when they hit recovery and those things get patched up and all that. But, uh, right. you know, I, I kind of had a similar kind of thing here. You know, I've been able to, like, not really be tied down, so to speak. I don't want really to use that language too hard on uh, uh, in, in recovery, give a chance to, you know. And then I'm like you, I think somebody walked into your life, right? And then that. But but you were solid by then, you know. And there's another. That's another one of these things is that if you're not, you know, I like the way uh, Scott Lee says that uh, his newcomer says, uh, "You are too sick to have a healthy relationship." <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody that would want to be with you right now is sick also. Yep. And anybody that's healthy, you'll just screw that up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they're smart enough, they'll just not. Even, right. Not even yeah. If they're yeah. healthy, they'll bug. Yeah, they'll yeah. recognize pretty quick. Um, but I say all that. I, I said that to kind of lead up to where you know I'm going with it. But you know, but during that 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 early that early you know first three and a half four years was was monumental for me to to uh, to forge who I was going to be. And 
you know, because I was, I was, I was trying to become the healthiest person that I could become, um, you know, because there was, you know, two topics that were, we kind of talked about this before we got the podcast started, you know, that were largely on my list, you know, the, the woman topic and the job topic, you know, because yeah. I was still largely confused about both. And I joke around and like they say, resentment's yeah. the number one offender, but I'm really thinking it's relationships and employment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, I think for a man especially because, you know, that's, I don't know, I mean, it's, it's just so much about kind of like who we are. Like that, that, that's where we gain a lot of our identity from, yep. right? I right, mean, yeah. It's just the way it the is. The girl on my arm and the job I have. That's yeah. where my identity hangs. It's, it's hanging on those two hooks. Yeah. Um, and I won't go into the other, like, why it is the way it is. But, yeah, it's just the way it is. You know, yep. for whatever reason, it's just the way it is. And, uh, yeah, and I was no, I was not different. You know, I was the same for me, too. Um, you know, dated around for the first, you know, I got to, you know, I got a, uh, an opportunity to date, you know, four or five different, you know, we got in four or five different relationships that uh, were all good, you know, and it was really the first time I, you know, uh, I think the longest relationship I had had prior to getting sober was like, you know, three to six months. That was kind of my MO, three to six months. Most of them were more than three. I had a few six-monthers, but I throw that six-month in there <laughs> because it's important, right? You know, but three to six months was like the longest that any relationship I've ever had. Uh, and honestly, like dating people, like I was scared. You know, because I didn't know, I didn't know what the sober Brandon was going to be like in a relationship. You know, I never experienced that guy. So there was a piece of me that was kind of gun shy after, you know, a while. Because I didn't quite know what to expect, you know. Like, I don't know, will I be jealous or will I not be jealous? I don't, will I be, you know, weirded out about this or not? Because I don't know. I've never, you know, got to expect or experience feeling, um, that way you know and sober with a sober mind frame and so um but you know going out of the gate you know dating dating a few women you know a lot of those things went well you know like i didn't realize like a relationship could end and you didn't have to like be killing each other yeah. you know what i mean like i didn't ruin i didn't know that was possible yep. but that happened multiple times <laughs> yeah. you know ways amicably yeah like what a concept. I didn't know that was possible, but I got to experience that. Um, but leading up to, you know, but I, but then I, I found a woman who I guess, you know, I couldn't live without and, uh, you know, started dating and within about a year, year and a half, I knew, you know, that I wanted to get married and, and, um, uh, so I asked, she said yes. And, you know, fast forward, decided, you know, uh, kids were, we thought we wanted to be in our future and we tried and, you know, we gave birth to our son. Um, uh, back in 2012, he's now six, and uh, I've got a daughter as well. She's you know almost four, coming up in another two months. Yeah, man. You know, and so I've gotten you know I've been married in this relationship for nine years, and uh, I've been married for seven, a little over seven now, and uh, you know I've been living the family man lifestyle for the last you know well since year 11, I guess, in my sobriety. Um, you know, and before all of that, I started a business, you know, uh, a masonry repair and restoration, you know, um, uh, business for myself, uh, because I stumbled into that world and, you know, and ended up, you know, wanting to do my own deal and, you know, and so, and that's been a very lucrative, you know, job for me. So the two topics that I came in the sobriety, you know, as a big question mark for me 
have been answered and have been very fulfilling and keep me very, 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 very busy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't ever have a whole, I, I, that's the one thing that I do not have today is free time, really. I mean, um, I like to say that I am blessed with a full life. Exactly, you know, and that's really what it is. It's just a full life. Sometimes it feels uh, like it's too full. Sounds like a complaint. It, well, you know what? You're right. I mean, it does. It does sound like blessings, a, and you know, that's a very full life. Yeah, that's a better way to phrase that, really. Um, and I know it's that's essentially what it is. I mean, they're all blessings. I've got to have an air of gratitude around it, right? Yeah, because I mean, this stuff could dry up. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, yeah. there's another place I can go. I could get one envelope into some of it. Could dry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. So. So like, uh, and, I, and I might be putting some words in the mouth and whatever, but there was a period of this getting busy and family life thing that you kind of set your recovery also on back burner a little bit. I mean, yes, you were still I'm engaging, you are still coming to meetings up. and doing some things, so you didn't like right. set it all the way down. No, not all uh, the way down. But yeah, I guess I had trouble, because I've, I've been thinking about it, because yeah, because you're right, because I have been kind of reawakening, uh, which means that there was, you know, a point where I kind of fell asleep, and that's kind of what happened. You know, there was a point uh, just rearing two kids who were still, you know, babies, really. I mean, toddlers now, but yeah, that will make you it busy. takes a lot of energy, you know. Yeah. And, of course, I don't want to just be dad. I want to be a good dad, you know, right. and I want to invest energy into that, and I do. And so, you know, and there's only so many hours a day. There's only so much energy. You know, sometimes you just don't have enough to continue to give, you know, all, all the you want. So some things take a back burner, you know, and that's, and one of the things that I thought I was, you know, fairly good, you know, the topic that I thought, you know, I could probably enjoy a little luxury here because I've been sober a long time. I'm not going anywhere. I know who I am. I know that, um, you know, drink is not there's not a solution I, I felt good on that front it's like it's okay for me to focus my energy on the family and on the business and let that take priority um and i don't necessarily know if i would say that i disagree with that even sitting here now but i think i probably uh let off the gas a little too much you know i probably put it left on that back burner maybe a little too long you know i was still coming weekly you know, i'm still staying in touch but i, mean, I was in my four years i've seen you on a regular basis yeah but i was literally i think you know just but not really engaged. probably doing the bare minimum yeah i just because i wasn't fully engaged you know and some of that honestly boils down to um probably being a little too overworked a little too overwhelmed at times and you know and a little too worn out a little too tired um and maybe just not quite, you know, knowing how to, you know, uh, well, I don't, I don't think I re- even realized that I had, uh, you know, disengaged as much as I had. It's taken me getting, you know, reinvigorated from you, you know, a uh, little band of hooligans I'm running with now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's taken me, you know, it's again, kind of goes back to what the same we said, you don't know what you don't know. You know, right, I didn't right. know. Yeah that I had gone that, you know, far, you know, that I, I had slipped that much. And I really think um, that's kind of what happened. I just was on the back burner too long, you know, and um, uh, failed to kind of realize that. But, you know, what, what's really interesting is part of, the, part of what helped allow me to see that that has taken place um, was watching all the you guys around me that I was seeing weekly, uh, seeing, seeing the light, 
and you, you know, and, 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 uh, Shane and, and Chris and Kevin and, you know, I mean, all the guys yeah. that we've run with and I probably we should have never said any of those names because anybody I don't say is probably yeah, right, mad yeah. now. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> but then, yeah, we do. We yeah. got a hell of a crew around us. You know we what? do. I mean, it's honestly the, the strongest. coming up and lights coming on left and right, plus a lot of established time too. You know, oh, guys yeah. like you that's got some, you know, that has a lot to share, you know, Christopher and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, again, I'll start doing names too, but I'll leave people out. And yeah. But there's a really nice swath of, of recovery from you know brand newcomers to guys that are up in their thirties. Nick, years. Nick, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to get like a Tom. roll call out to make sure that Quinn, yeah, to start, start naming people like it. My turn. <laughs> Watch out for last names. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I can't say his name without saying the last. It's for hard some reason. I don't yeah. know for some reason that I have to compare the two. Compare yeah. the two together. Yeah, we do. But all those guys, all you guys, you know, like seeing. Well, I heard a lot of stories about you, you know, because of having the same sponsor, you know. But I like, to be completely honest, I like didn't see that, right? Because you were doing the thing where, you know, and um, I was just coming to speak for you. You come and you'd be a little late. Yeah. And you'd hang around for a minute, but you usually weren't around for real long after the meeting. Right. And, uh, and, but I'm really glad to see completely like this, this, this engagement that you have today. Uh, right. The other thing about that is, is it's probably that other deal probably is not sustainable, at least in my feelings. Now, I don't know, you know, kind of even like your grandpa reengaged into AA after a while, you know, a sign, he got one, you know, and he was able to hang on. But during, you know, like where I got something in my heart that says, you know, I probably could do that actually and do a disengage mm-hmm. and be okay for a certain amount of time. Right. I really do. Right. I think I could probably survive that. But you know, I also think just as strongly that there will be an end to that somewhere. Yeah. That's I don't yeah. know where it is, but at some point I would trip over something that would cause me to uh to think that a drink was a okay idea or probably be honest with you, probably be like a pill or be something like that that I think is okay again. Right. And that would set me off into the races. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I've had those same thoughts over and over again for a long, long time because, you know, I I would like to think that the idea is firmly supplanted enough in me that I know that that would never be a solution that I would never pick up a drink ever, you know, now, today, uh, just because I've had too much time. But then again, I've sat in meetings and watched guys walk in and say, you know, I just gave up 28 years. Yeah, we you had know. a guy come in not too long ago that was up in that 20-something years. So, yeah, yeah and that, I've but. seen other guys like him prior to, you know, back in the earlier years of my recovery. Um, done the same thing. You know, I gave up 15 years. I gave up 22 or whatever. And um, they all pretty much say the same thing, you know, that it snuck up on them and they didn't realize how far down they had gone. And, you know, and so um, – I think it's possible. I think it's possible for any of us to, to probably, you know, to slip up. And you know, I guess it would be arrogant for me to, to think otherwise, right? Yeah, right. And so, many stories otherwise. And the other thing is, too, is that you there's also a big segment of people that have that kind of time that have a hell of a time getting back. Yeah. If at all. Sometimes yeah. they don't make it. A lot of them don't make it back. Like the guy, you right. know, well, we saw the one guy a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I ain't seen him back yet. Right. Right. You know, uh, coming in and doing But the more to you, like, to go back to, uh, real quick, to what kind of, like, when I first, because, like, when I first um, started coming around you guys, you know, at the Spiritual Underground, that meeting had already been established. See, a lot of times, like, when Christopher uh, would start something up or start a new meeting, 
I was generally like there on the ground floor, you know what I mean? And, uh, but you guys had already been operating for, I want to say six months to a year. Yeah, I really don't. I wasn't there for the beginning of the spiritual underground either. Oh, you weren't? Nope. No. Okay. But uh, I, from, to my knowledge, I mean, it, it was. I it, think, I think Brian just had a celebration last year. I think it was the fifth year, I okay. think, of it. So, you know, my sobriety, I'm about four. So I think probably for about a year or so, it was going on before I. Before I stumbled into it. Have I been around the whole time you've been around? Or were you I already s- in I that I seem to recall seeing you, but you know, them, that, them first, like you said a minute ago, those first years, I have that thing where I remember people really well. I, uh-huh. I remember who was in the very first spiritual underground meeting I walked into. It was in Brian's basement. And I can almost tell you almost, I bet I could do a, I bet I could hit an 80 to 90 percent. Right. on who was sitting there that night. <laughs> I bet you could too. And where they were sitting Yeah, in relation remember, to me you, too. I'm, I'm impressed with your memory. Yeah, you I've got some of them come back and uh, like, the faces and names and stuff is, is, a, is certainly a gift that I have. And I don't remember you at that meeting. Yeah, I, I know I wasn't at that meeting because uh, I remember uh, coming or talking about like they were going to do it and for whatever reason. Yeah. I was, and like, this was just too committed, too busy, didn't have the time. The time I went. Yeah, you know, yeah. some people think that when I say that, because yeah. the meeting started in Brian's basement and went there, and then they moved to doing something else. It was pretty quickly um, they moved. But this to was the just facility. a night that the church was closed, and oh, they didn't want to skip a meeting, and Brian was hosting it. and uh, uh, So I just stumbled in, because I remember I had a buddy oh, that God. was offering me that. You know, he was telling me I should come to this Tuesday night meeting. There's something special about it. And, and I had my walls up, you know, because it couldn't be that good. Right. I mean, you ain't ain't got nothing for me. Right. Yeah. Uh, And but I got a little bit of that sense of desperation for for just circumstances. Ended up doing something, and I asked him if I could come. And I actually talked to him just the other day about this, and said, uh, "I said, hey man, you still going that Tuesday night meeting?" He said, "Yeah." And and he got and I said, "You going tonight?" And he got a look on his face, you know, like it wasn't happening or whatever, you know. And he goes, "Oh man." He said, tonight the church is closed. So I thought, like, here I got the gumption up to ask him. And, and yeah, like, and, wah, wah, wah. yeah, right, exactly. And he goes, well, it's in this guy's basement, and, you know, and I can still remember going, well, can I go? You know, can I still go? And he's like, yeah, yeah. you know, but yeah, there was that little womp there that uh, yeah. got me. There's <laughs> a reason, man, that's, uh, I heard something that night that changed my life, you know, that was uh, because we say the rest was history. That's cool. Because uh, I knew that... Uh, That's super cool. I knew there was something going on there that was different mm-hmm. than I'd heard any other places, any other meetings that I'd been to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you had that experience, really. But, uh, so I, the, the point I was trying to make was like, I, I just remember when I first started, when I first came to that meeting, uh, it just felt to me like there was already kind of like a, an established click. And I was like... That's interesting. And, 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 I had, and I had trouble like breaking into it. Like I had trouble feeling like... Being a part of feeling out like, how am I going to break in here? You know, and yeah. and because uh, I feel like it's already established, and normally I'm in the other position yeah. of being in the established position already and welcoming other people, and I don't really feel like I'm really a part of this group just yet. And so that was some of my apprehension. I'm not trying to put, you know blame any. I'm just saying I, that's just what I felt. Now whether it was reality or not, I have absolutely no the, idea. That was already the disease starting to like ring on you. Could have been. Going, it could don't go have there. Been. Brandon, yeah. we don't want you going there, right? Yeah, because you guys are These all guys super here, friendly. They're yeah. all yeah, they're not for yeah. you. You don't yeah. you can't you guys fit, super you cool. can't fit in there, man. Just go back home. Uh, yeah, so I'm sure that's probably what that was, another. but that's what I felt. I don't think that was the reality, but that's what I, I get felt. Yeah. But then you know, but I kept coming because, like you said, I mean, it was a freaking. I mean, it's a powerful group, and uh, I've grown, you know, to appreciate even more and more. I mean, it's almost daily. I mean, it literally is daily. 
you know, just, you know, how powerful that this particular group is. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm kind of amazed. Like I've never really seen anything quite like it before. I've been around, you know, like a bit and I've had some powerful fucking days, you know, like I just shared on some powerful stuff and like, I feel like, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I'm blown away, man. Like I I just, it's a piece of me. Like it's kind of like, it doesn't believe it sometimes, but, but it actually happens, you know, like I'm not using today. I know that I'm not delusional. Yeah. Like I'm witnessing, you know, something. When you hear these guys come great. in and tell them the same kind of stories that's going on with them, you know, the equal power, you know. But see, a lot of guys are having a lot of powerful experiences in recovery. Yeah, and a lot of these guys who I think are just powerhouses, you know, are sitting on a year, two yeah. years. Some guys who have already done these podcasts, you know, and that just blew me away because I'm thinking, because I'm, cause I'm looking at their experience at two years what I'm seeing and I'm thinking back to like my two years I'm like yeah my stuff is good but like these guys are like freaking yeah. stellar yeah there is there's something going on where they're like rocketing up into this like this level and of was, recovery that most yeah. people you know, you know I, don't know I, I get I get I get a little funny about when I start talking but you know, it's not uncommon that people come up to me and think I got more time than what I do oh I know I know uh, and and it's pretty you could easily happens. get paid for you know a, a long time you know 20, 30, 40 years sobriety easy you know and you're sitting on four yeah, 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 and I, you which know, is and freaking our house, it's amazing. A, it is a fairly long time in a sense, but you know, it, all yeah, these guys four is a two, long you know? time. <laughs> four is a long time, but for the involvement that you have, and for you know, just your presence and your energy that you know, and you, I mean, it's just you, you're amazing. You know, well, man, all you guys you. are amazing. Yeah. And I just and, I, and I'm and I'm hard, and I keep saying this over and over. I'm trying to get to a point. It uh-huh. was seeing that in you guys daily, weekly, that you know, made me curious and it got me questioning, you know, comparing myself, if you will, you know, I was doing that, you know, and it got me doubting whether or not I was as healthy as I thought, you know, and then I think it was a few months ago you had, you know, um, I don't know if I asked or if you reached out or something, but you told me about this this group thread that that you started up or that that you guys had started. Yeah, chat groups, we had. chat group, yeah, on the group me, you know, uh, thing. And and at first, you know, my initial reaction was, man, you don't know how busy I am. I ain't got yeah, time I for remember, all that. I, I think I might have even said you something did, similar to that. Said, Does any of you some bitches got jobs? <laughs> And yeah, and I believed 100% wholeheartedly everything, you know, that whole sentiment. I, I did. You know, I was like, God, don't y'all, what do y'all do when you're not around this meeting? I mean, <laughs> it seems like you just hang out in this damn thread all day and chat all day long. I was like, I gotta work. What do y'all do? You guys are rich or something. I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, so I remember being very kind of put off by, you know, the, because I, I was overthinking, you know, I was projecting, you know, I was thinking that. Contempt prior to investigation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that full, yeah, exact definition. You know, and I talked myself out of, you know, uh, not immediately hooking up, but then something was nagging at me. You know, like I made that decision, like, you know what, I ain't got time for that. You know, it's the hell with that. The hell with them. You know, that's what I told myself. And then somewhere in there, that didn't sit right. That even that, like, even me telling that to myself, like, that didn't sit right. I was like, and so I knew something was wrong. I knew something was up. I knew there was more to the story. I knew that I couldn't, you know, it was just something spoke to me. It was like, no, you're, you're making the wrong choice. You got to go the other way, you know. And so I made the decision to fully commit and fully invest into getting in there and doing something, you know. And 
And because um, I think it kind of scared me a bit. I think yeah. I, I got a little scared. You know, like maybe I was not as you know well off as I thought I was, and you know, it kind of freaked me out. And so, um, and then you know, the rest kind of history. I mean, I kind of you know, I've, I've since come in and you know, become uh, you know, uh, reengaged, reengaged, and as active as I can. You know, because I still do have to work. You some bitches. Uh, yeah, we're all working too. <laughs> I know you are, but, uh, and I'm and I'm not trying to say that you guys don't because I know. It's well, major you not, do. You know, I'm sitting at a desk job, and I can kind of do this thing on almost like on autopilot with it. Yeah. So I can stay pretty engaged in it. Um, I'm a little different, and I guess you know if I'm running around with a truck and tools and ladders, you know, I'm climbing out, working and dirty on dirty hands, and yeah, and I got an employee usually always up my butt, like literally, up, you know, yeah, like right. sitting right next to me that I have. Well, to you know, and I have this thing about participating, but you know, I don't care right. how much, just do. And, you know, the other thing is, is, it's just to me, it's upper than this level of connection we have with one another. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's a whole lot of what this that thing with the holy rollers is what y'all were doing this whole thing. Right. There's, and that's why I think whether you see the power happening in spiritual undergrounds where we're all like connecting with each other and we're engaging in each other's lives and getting mm-hmm. to know each other. And that thing is just allowing us to do that. Because if we're just seeing each other on Tuesday nights for an hour, Mm-hmm. And you know, and maybe you reach out to a couple people, right? You know, that that's you know, and that keeps a lot of people sober for a long time. You know, well, we got a big bunch that is like solidly woven together, right? Mm-hmm. And and we know each other, we know our kids' names, and we know you know our wives' names and right. different things like that. You know, and we know each other. You know, it's just deepened that connection. It's mm-hmm. one thing I, you know, that whole when I. Well, most of the time when I say a prayer, it usually includes something about deepening my connection with my higher power and deepening my connection with my community, my brothers, my whoever it is, with it's my girlfriend. Right. I'm praying to deepen that connection with one another, too. You know, this way and this way. Right. Vertical and horizontal. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah. I, liked, I like everything you just said right there. So, yeah. So, I'm, uh, you know... Chips are back in the middle of the table. Yeah, they're all in, and and, uh, and uh, I am I am woke. You know, yeah. I'm no longer you know on the sidelines. I'm no longer on the back burner, um, and it's been good too because like you know the wife and I've had you know we've been in marriage therapy and all that, so that's been a new thing this past year, and you know so there were some definite um, I think casualties you know from my back burner of my you know program and and uh, that can happen, but thank God you know the program works. It still works. Um, and thank God that, uh, you know, I didn't have to, to go back out, you know, that I was able to, um, get saved by the safety net again. And that would not be, this is not the first time, you know, I, I do that thing with the compass. I have an internal compass, you know, and I always got to do course corrections and, and, yeah. and you did the course correction before it got too far off a path. And that's what this is about too, is getting that happening. And I'm grateful as hell for it, you know, because I've grown to love you guys and, and uh, respect the hell out of you, and um, and, and just it's a blast, amazed and blown away yeah. by the maturity and the uh, um, intelligence that a lot of you guys have. It's just crazy. Like it's uh, it's mesmerizing. So yeah. I'm gonna stick around long enough just to see what the hell you guys turn out to yeah. you know, be into. Honestly, like I'm so intrigued by this whole group. We got a lot of good things going on for <laughs> sure, man. Yeah. Hey man, we are hitting peeps. that two hour mark, and that's kind of yeah. like my little bit again? of uh, my little threshold that I'm trying to keep the listeners from having to listen right, to too them. much of that at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, appreciate you being on here. So once again, another a bunch of good stuff. You got a lot to offer, you know, and you've got a lot of time there, you know, and it just don't happen. Uh, 
You don't get to tell these kind of stories in a half hour, 45 minutes. You know, they, it takes longer than that. Plus, it's yeah. kind of a conversation thing, and I like this whole long-form thing we get. I'm a podcast fan, period. You know, I mean, there's one guy I listen to. You, know, you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. It comes up. Sometimes it's approaching four hours, three-and-a-half-hour podcast, you know. Oh, wow. And I can sit and listen to that and be engaged here and a couple yeah. guys talk and, and shoot the shit, you know. Um, so I appreciate you coming and doing this. I'm yes, certainly, sir. man. I'm just uh, I juiced up that that you've uh, reengaged and and coming back in. You know, that's their thing. You know, I just love seeing people coming and getting this stuff that we got going on and, mm-hmm. and having that 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 having that juice start flowing through everybody's lives a little a little more and and increasing that that this web we have of uh, protection around us in this community. Uh, so. For the, uh, you guys that are listening, we'll do the same thing. I'll just tell you that uh, if you go to spiritualunderground.org, you can get the show notes. You can see uh, there's a link there to contact me if you have any feedback. I'm more than happy to hear feedback. I don't get enough of that. Uh, listenership is jacking up big time, so I, I like that. We've uh, Tomorrow make it five weeks since uh, we released the first podcast out, and uh, we've had someplace in the neighborhood. Well, we'll cross over 600 listens in just a minute. I think I looked at it a little bit ago, and it's like 595. Well, so uh, I think that's pretty good. Uh, it was just 500 last week, so we've got yeah, so it's another hundred. It's about it's increasing about a hundred every week, or more than a hundred every week of oh, listens. Cool. You know, so that's super cool. Uh, that's super cool, and uh, you can uh, go out there and see the show notes. We got a couple couple uh got one uh, round table from that's going to come out this sunday uh, would expect that this story tonight will come out the following sunday i'm trying to get well i'm not trying to i've committed to having new content out on a weekly basis and so far that's uh, been happening so uh stay tuned keep watching we are on the facebook i think i've started i've started advertising on twitter instagram facebook and uh and then of course word of mouth and uh uh, people are listening so i'm gonna keep on doing it um i'm having a blast doing it first uh, you know i get a little email in the morning says if you're not enjoying your recovery it's your own damn fault and uh i'm having a blast in recovery oh yeah thanks brandon man love you to death Love you too, man. We'll sign off with a peace out. Peace out.
Yeah.